Friday. If you want to join us, you can do that by dialing in at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And bring up whatever happens to be on your mind. Here in the studio tonight, it's Ian and Chris. Unfortunately, nobody is not going to be joining us tonight. He had a family emergency. He had to travel out of town. Uh, to deal with best of uh, best wishes to him. Hopefully, he'll be back within the next couple of weeks. Um, in the meantime, we got all kinds of things to talk about. The phones are open here tonight. Chris, you are the host of Freedom Decrypted, which is a liberty-oriented tech show where you pull up news of the week. You do it once a week on Saturdays on uh, five o'clock Eastern time on your own website, which is freedomdecrypted.com. Video and audio. And you focus on tech stories. Um, do you talk about AI much at all on your, Not really. on your show? Not really. Um, You've always come across as a bit of a critic. I, I am a bit of a critic, uh, a skeptic. Um, I mean, it, you know, it, it, innovations of technology don't necessarily mean that you have, a, you have achieved AI. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's, that's just my thought on it. Yes, there's some pretty neat things that are going on in the, what they're calling the AI space. Right. I'm just... I'm a little skeptical calling it AI. You think it's a little too early yeah. to call it AI. Yeah. Uh, and we have been talking a lot on Free Talk Live, at least, in the last almost year. I think it was over the summertime last year when we discovered uh, during the, I think it was uh, me and Aria found this AI artworks that, um, bots that they have out there, which are really, really interesting. And they've actually been winning art contests <laughs> against human uh, competitors, which, of course, is upsetting a lot of the artists out there. Um, and the, then there's also the chat bots, the, what they call large language models, where uh, you've heard probably of chat GPT. That's the most noteworthy one out there right now, but they've got competition. Uh, Microsoft is actually a, sort of a part owner of chat GPT. The company behind it is called OpenAI, which is ironically named because they're not actually <laughs> open. They're not open source. Yep. Uh, you can't see the code and they're very restrictive on what their bots can and can't do. But Microsoft has their own version of ChatGPT called Bing Chat, uh, which they just opened up apparently to anyone that uses a, their own browser. I don't know if it works on a, on other browsers, <laughs> but um, Bing's kind of a disappointment. It's re- fairly restricted. And then also there's uh, Google, which launched theirs called Google Bard. So those are the three major players, but there's also... Uh, there's also Stable Diffusion, which had made a big splash for coming out with the first open source artwork, uh, AI art bot, but now they've got a large language model of their own that they're supposedly going to be open sourcing as well. So that's, you know, there's some interesting things that are going on out there. You've got the multi-billion dollar companies that are innovating, if you will, in this space, and then you have some of the little guys, uh, or at least some smaller guys, in the form of the open source project. At least that's my take uh, on it. And uh, there's some other stuff that you know we've talked a little bit about, like AI music uh, creation, which is getting better and better. It was pretty clunky the first time we took a look at it, but I heard a couple of things. Somebody posted, we've got an AI chat room on our chat server over on the Matrix chat that we have over at chat.freetalklive.com for people that are interested in this stuff. And somebody posted... Yesterday, I think it was Jay, he posted a link to a, a Beatles version of an old Beach Boys song. And it was just the Beatles singing a Beach Boys song that they'd never sang in real life. And it sounded pretty good. 
Bonnie's Bonnie's comment on it was that it seemed a little soulless, and of course that has been the comment <laughs> that a lot of artists have been saying about the AI artwork. Well, there's been a lot of you know, so that's kind of like just a recap of of where the technology is right now, and we didn't even talk about Chaos GPT and some of the more advanced things that that are going on, but. What has been happening, of course, is that along with AI, people create, or whatever you want to call this, you would call it pattern rec- advanced pattern recognition, I, right? I mean, I, I don't know if that's what I would call it, but um, certainly, you call it? certainly that is certainly gotten way better, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, there's, there's, well, I guess, I guess there's different models. I, I think is the choice word probably, mm-hmm. um, but um, yeah, okay. So uh, I'm not an expert in AI. Like I'm not trying. No, to... No, I'm not saying you are. But you're, you're a programmer. You're a <laughs> yeah, Linux guy. Yeah. You, you pay a little more attention to the the computer scene, yep. I think, than than I do. Um, and I wouldn't be an expert either. This is this is one of those things where you know, kind of like computing in general. You can't be an expert in computing. No. You can be an expert in like a couple of programming languages, one platform. You know, you you can know a lot about a little. In yep. the world of computing, because every topic is so so deep. Same thing's true with cryptocurrency, right? Yeah. Like you can know enough about crypto to get a wallet and spend and and save crypto. Anybody can do that. But if you want to learn how to program it, if you want to learn how the you know the intricacies of a decentralized exchange work, you got to really dig in deep. Yeah, it's I mean it's it's a lot of specialization. I think is what it comes down to. Um, you know, there's not going to be a whole lot of people who know you know probably any given thing. You might be able to get into something, but it's you know it's going to take you a long time just to learn a code base. Um, just digging into something like simple is like something simple like Firefox maybe would be, you know, it's a challenge to dig into that and really to become an expert to really it. get a yeah. good understanding of it. Yeah, because there's all these different pieces. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, if you haven't been doing it, if you haven't been uh, coding Firefox, you know, and doing it for, for many, many years, you, you're probably you're not going to have a really good understanding or grasp of the code base. Right. And so the same thing's true in AI. You know, you can as I do, pay kind of close attention. Like I subscribe to a newsletter or two to kind of keep me up to date with some of the headlines that are going on out there. And I'm, I'm interested when I see things that are intriguing and I like to explore it. But, you know, I don't know about the programming behind it. And I certainly am not following all of the developments. It's impossible. There's so many developments that are going on out there. It would have to be your full-time job to keep abreast of all the things that are happening. And so the people that are able to keep abreast of the AI developments are the ones that are the are best able to sort of absorb the changes uh, that are coming in and integrate the new technologies into their life. And to some extent, there's a, I think there's a strong argument that the people who are able to integrate these technologies into their lives are going to have an advantage uh, in the future. Now, I, you know, I say that without really doing it myself. I, I'm a dabbler, you know, I'll, I'll try this thing out and then I put <laughs> it down. And, you know, once I get a feel for how it works, like I liked the AI art thing for a little while and then I ran out of ideas <laughs> and then, right. you know, I move on to, uh, to something else. But there are some people who just, they dig in and they keep getting into the every single development. And some of these, these tools are very, very useful. Like the, you know, the chat GPT, some people have it writing, uh, school papers for them. That's it's going to kill essays <laughs> in government school. Which, as far as I'm concerned, is a good thing, right? Those were always just such so pointless to me when I was in government school. 
having to, you know, oh, you got to make sure you have the intro paragraph and then the three paragraphs in the middle and then the conclusion paragraph. And, you know, like there's a certain way you have to write it. And then don't forget your citations at the bottom. And <laughs> as though anyone has ever had to do that in the actual working world the if they world. don't yeah. have a job in academia. Right. It have you is, ever had to do that? Uh, uh, I'm no. trying to think if I've had ever had to do anything like like remote. I, I mean, yeah, no. <laughs> I've written things before. Yeah, I, I, well, that's but, what I'm thinking. Like, okay, well, I mean, I'm certainly I've had to write like for you know work and stuff, but but never in the format that they. Yeah, it's not like in an academic school. format for sure. Certainly, I mean, I, I guess I mean citing. I mean, maybe you know, like citing sources here and there. I mean, but a lot of that's just for like. You know, it, it, but you didn't be... pull up the MLA book and get no. the exact format for citing the source <laughs> no. before you wrote down where you got the thing from. You drop a link in and you're done. Right, right. right. Uh, so anyway, this is all just kind of a, just a recap of where we're at with AI. But there's also going on out there, of course, the anti-AI narrative. The <laughs> people that are saying that this is going to be the end of humanity. Within the last, I think, week, one of the, the AI-related headlines is that one of Google's top AI people quit his job. He's resigned, and he's made some kind of statement that he regrets what he helped <laughs> develop at Google. With, again, this is all surrounded by this fear-mongering that AI is going to destroy humanity. And, you know, a lot of it comes from the, the Terminator movies and... Uh, you know, mainstream media that has, you know, the Matrix yeah. uh, that for a long time has placed AI and the rise of robotics into the enemy of humanity. You, you know what this kind of makes me think of? It thinks of it, it makes me think of like innovations, like oh, I don't know, automobiles, right? Like it, it yeah, okay, so we don't have bu- as many buggy whips anymore, right? Nope. But it, 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 it's not. It, the world doesn't end right like it's not gonna end just because we it have just ai changes. or we have some we don't even have like real ai and if you start like looking at like what it would require to have any amount of uh intelligence like we're talking like intelligence within i think probably what we're really talking about is probably like no smarter than like a worm level intelligence basically you're talking about right now yeah like if we're actually talking about real ai at least last i checked hmm. um i what we what we're what we're what we're talking about isn't really AI, though. So it's like if we're really starting to talk about AI, it's really, really not that. It's it's literally worm level intelligence. It's okay, nothing let's to be just clarify. I mean, every time we talk about this, we have to clarify. I think. Yeah. Um, when you say it's not AI now, what we're not talking about learning, s- like it, it, learning, right? Like, so would you say that the definition of AI is where the I think it's something closer to that. Yeah. Can learn and upgrade itself yeah something ultimately. along those lines like a human mm-hmm. can learn a, learn to do a new task right and that's not really what we're seeing with the ai we're seeing very specific models and tools that are mm-hmm. developed to do different things that's not ai and they're um, not upgrading themselves yet right, right? Like i mean not, you have, they're not programming you have version people two developing tools and improving on those tools that's not ai mm-hmm. <laughs> And that would be, uh, isn't it the singularity, isn't that when you've reached that point where the program can upgrade itself, can program itself, can program other? I mean, I don't know that there's a really super clear definition, but I don't think this meets, you know, what a Mm -hmm. computer science, you know, uh, it might be able to pass the Turing test, but it may not be AI. I don't know. Right. 
I, I mean, I, this is like beyond my field of expertise. I just know a little bit of what I learned in like, you know, a computer science program and that sort of thing. And, you know, my dabbling with some, again, not AI, but stuff that was more pattern recognition. Um, but it seemed it, it gave the appearance of being smart. So the latest news that is not good in this particular field is that the government's now getting interested. And this is dangerous from two aspects, at least, that I can think of. One... Killing innovation. <laughs> well, there's... The regulation can kill innovation, for right? sure. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. The other side of it, of course, is in the same way that governments shouldn't have robotic technology, they shouldn't have AI technology because they will use it to destroy human life. They will use it for militarization purposes, to police, to arrest, to you know, pre-crime, predict what you're going to do next, that kind of stuff. So putting this technology in the hands of government is incredibly dangerous. And not surprisingly, they're interested in uh, setting some rules. Here's the latest from Breitbart that Kamala Harris, the vice president of the United States, has been named the AI czar, according to the White House, announcing a plan to crack down on artificial intelligence Yesterday, amid growing concerns over the advanced technology possibly replacing humanity someday, Vice President Kamala Harris has been named the AI czar in charge of a new initiative. And apparently they have a $140 million budget to do what? I'm not really sure, but they're going to likely come up with some regulations, I suspect. And they're going to try to cram these regulations down the throats of... Yeah. Microsoft and you have to wonder else. like what what do they think they can regulate and what is the purpose and like what it <laughs> I mean the whole the whole idea that you can regulate it it just seems kind of absurd to me because it's, it's just computer code yeah I mean it's code it's like even if you can get big companies to I don't know uh follow your regulations mm -hmm. fine but what about what about the open source stuff what about the free software stuff what right. about the stuff that isn't developed in the united states i mean it, you know this idea or what about the stuff that isn't developed publicly but published publicly right mm -hmm. like i mean you don't know who's coding right it, you don't but... necessarily have to identify that you're writing a code in fact know, at this it, point it would be really smart to not identify yourself. <laughs> right i mean if you've learned anything from their crackdown on cryptocurrencies mm -hmm. um you should realize that it may not be wise for you to identify yourself uh when you publish a program or you work right. with others who are developing you know uh, technologies um you have to protect yourself and it's funny because this is this is the sort of thing that like Things like Tor and anonymity networks, like, like this is the thing that is probably a great example of what you would want to use Tor for. Yeah, and you know, uh, this is a perfect example of what the state does. If you think about it, like we talk about the state as in the nation state, the idea of a group of humans that have come together, total strangers, to use the use the threat of violence and actual violence to enforce their way against other people that they don't necessarily know. Uh, that's kind of what we talk about when it comes to the state but there's that other definition of the state right like the state of things right the state is as things are right that's what the state is the state mm. does not want to advance it wants to continue the state it wants to continue things as they are Ah, uh, yeah, the status quo. Uh, right. Once you've developed an industry, uh, pass as many regulations as you can in order to create to a barrier of entry way. to keep it the way it is because you're not innovating. Right. You can't innovate. You and can't compete 
with the innovators once you've grown to a certain size. And that's why the state hates technologies like cryptocurrency and this new a quote-unquote AI technology because it is advancing so quickly they know at some level they're slow and stupid and they only have violence in their toolkit and they're slow about you know catching up to technology so they can see these things happening but they can't move quick enough to really like strangle the baby in the in the bed basically that mm. the baby's getting bigger and bigger before they <laughs> they can do anything about it that's certainly what happened with cryptocurrency they're trying to move a little faster i think on the uh, the ai stuff because it's coming from the big big guys out there so it's it's more like obvious to them i think up front that this is a potential threat and it's a threat to the status quo at the bare minimum it's a threat to the government schools like if students are able to figure out that they can just go to chat gpt and have it write their paper for them in literally 60 seconds flat uh that's going to be a huge detriment to sort of the legitimacy of what young people think. I mean, when we were growing up, I'm sure you said it. I said school sucks, right? Like a lot of people hated going to government school. It was pretty bad. It was bad, and we knew <laughs> yeah. it was bad. And now it's going to be even more of a joke with yeah. this technology. And you know what's kind of funny, too, is it's a lot of the times this technology ends up getting implemented. I mean, it, it comes into existence, and... The status quo will, you know, they'll be all anti, you know, whatever the technology is. And I'll, I'll think of, I'm thinking of like calculators, right? Mm -hmm. Like I remember, you know, teachers being like anti-calculator and then it ends up like over the years it oh, like yeah. gets integrated into the curriculum. Yeah, and it's I remember just, that. Like, I remember they, they I, said they said once upon a time you won't be able to use a calculator. You can't use a calculator in class because... You know, you may not have one or something. You have to rely on yourself to yeah. be able to, to yeah. do math. Yeah. And it's like, you know. And now everybody has a calculator in their pocket. Right. It's like, you know, at a certain point, and I'm not against, like, I I certainly wouldn't argue against learning the basics, right? Like, sure. I, that's not what I would say. But the idea that, like, oh, you're going to speak out against calculators um, or not want kids to learn to use the technology of the day. The tools. Yeah, the tool yeah. of the day, you know, or the, you know, the tool of the future even. Stupid. Uh, is, is, you're right. It's, it's so backwards stupid. looking. It's definitely backwards. And, Just um, break, break out the abacus, you know? <laughs> right? Like, but this is, but this is the attitudes of so many people. Um, it is. And so many companies and so many bureaucrats. It's, it's just, it's like, oh my God. You know, um, I mean, we're still using, you know, it kind of, you know, this reminds me of, also kind of reminds me of uh, the FAA. The FAA is still using computers from the 19, early 90s, like mm -hmm. Windows 3.1. The IRS is, is using older computers. Yeah, They've yeah. they got like an old ass mainframe yep. from like the 70s or yep. something that they're still <laughs> yep. keeping in service and they've spent literally... I don't know, $100 million or more over time just trying to keep this thing running while they try to come up with something to replacement, but they've or replace it, but they've failed and failed and failed. Keeping the planes in the sky, they're, they're relying off on parts from eBay. That's Used crazy. parts That's from crazy. eBay. I, yeah, it is absolutely crazy. But this is this is government yes. for you. You know, this is now industry isn't that much better sometimes because they do tend to sort of well, if it ain't broke don't fix it is kind of the the view right like there's there's companies out there still using dot matrix printers and yeah and uh you know monochrome but, you displays know, but I, it's it's kind of funny you know um in that i actually would argue for 
components that were more designed for long-term use because mm-hmm. a lot of times we upgrade for basically no value like there's no benefit from the upgrade mm. so i'm not i wouldn't argue that we should you know we should argue i would argue we should actually be designing for long-term use but i'm not necessarily arguing for you know uh computers from the early 90s right like it's we shouldn't be keeping those going we should right. be replacing those with newer technology but that doesn't necessarily mean that you know that you know, we don't, you know, let's design technology for 10 or 20 years, but systems from the early 90s need to be replaced. They And and to, to be fair, again, industry is a little better than government. Government's the worst at it. Yeah. Established industries are better than government, but they're still pretty bad. They'll, yeah. they'll upgrade, but only when they feel like they have to. Yep. Um, and I, a great example of this was I was at a bank, you know, a few years ago. It wasn't that long ago, maybe like three or four years ago. Uh, highly regulated. I was at a bank and the, opening an account, and I noticed the woman was using like a Windows machine, but she opened up a terminal on her machine that was a monochrome display. Yeah. Where she was actually entering yep. the account information into. So they actually were still using some decrepit old system yeah. that they'd essentially ported into a newer it's like her computer's new, but she's using some sort of internet, you know, link to some old yeah. mainframe to uh yeah. to so what she was doing was she was opening a terminal yeah. and she was connecting to a literally to a mainframe. Right. And uh, yeah, that's a that's a perfect description of what she was she was doing really. Because the bank itself um, had yep. not actually upgraded it, their back. It, it's actually technology. gets it actually gets even more humorous. So, I I know somebody who worked at um, a bank as a programmer, and he'd tell me stories about how there were fifty different systems. Uh, that they maintain. And we're not talking about like new and old systems. We're talking about pretty much only old systems for the mm-hmm. most part. Maybe there was a new one in there. But for the most part, they were all old systems. But what happens is these banks, they merge, but they all had different systems. Right. <laughs> and th- but they have to keep the, all of those systems going because yeah. they can't like, yeah, it's. It's a nightmare. It's, it's a nightmare. It sounds awful. It's, it's, it's a nightmare. There's a lack of standards. Uh, they're all, you know, proprietary. They can't upgrade them. They can't replace the code. Half the time, they don't have the code. And often when they do have the code, they were written by third parties that were contracted out to do it. And they want those co- other parties. Well, they don't exist anymore, but they wrote the code so it can't be understood oh by anybody God. else intentionally. So, that is, yeah. That, that is terrible. All right. So there's more coming up here. What is the plan? Again, Kamala Harris is going to be the AI czar, but what does that actually mean? Well, we're going to dig in a little deeper on this, and then coming up, there's a new social media act that's apparently going to protect the children. Chris will tell us about it coming up. Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. In addition to being one of the world's first cryptocurrencies, Dash was the first crypto project to have a decentralized autonomous organization that to this day continues to improve and promote Dash. Every month, 10% of the mining rewards go into a treasury. Anyone with one Dash to spend can put forward a proposal to the Dash masternodes to vote on. The masternodes vet the proposals and decide which ones move forward and are funded by the treasury. In fact, that's exactly how we got this sponsorship. Nowadays, DAOs are plentiful, but Dash paved the way by doing it first, nearly a decade ago. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash.org. 
supporter of our AMPS program. You can go to amps.freetalklive.com. You can get signed up, as Dennis has done there. Although Dennis did five times what we asked. Uh, we wow. only asked five bucks a month, so Dennis did 25. Thank you, Dennis. Your platinum level uh, support. Definitely appreciate that. AMPS stands for Advertise, Market, Promote, and Support. It's a way for you to get behind what we do here, which is, of course, talking about the ideas of liberty seven nights a week on broadcast radio and online streaming and podcast uh, we're also on satellite as well, so if you support what we do and you can do five bucks a month, we certainly appreciate it, and you get some perks as well. That's amps.freetalklive.com. We'll talk more about uh, apparently Vice President Kamala Harris being named the so-called AI czar and what that means, plus coming up the Social Media Act that senators are proposing and what that's going to mean. Uh, we'll, we'll dig into that because it sounds sounds bad. Uh, if if government government's proposing something that's going to control the you know anything, it's probably bad. It's certainly going to be bad uh, for technology, likely. So is this AI regulation. We'll get into that. Uh, but let's talk to Major Payne first up. He's in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live, Major. Hey guys. Yeah, you're talking about all these crazy bought up bank codes and whatnot. It just dawned on me why J.P. Morgan bought Chase because he had to have somebody help him catch his tail. Okay. We weren't talking about you know, banks tonight, but running circle, stupid dogs trying to catch their own damn tail. That's what's going on here. Oh mm. uh, yeah. So anyway, um the uh you say she's getting hundred and forty million, right? I'm sure that's just to start, but yes. hundred and forty well, yeah. million to probably cook up some AI regulations. Is that, and... is that proposed like a bill or is that no, I guess they're just chuck, you know, just cutting and, off 140 is, mil for. Who is doing this? The government? Uh, the uh, the Biden administration. Ah, they're going to meet with CEOs of four American companies: Microsoft, OpenAI, Anthropic, and Google to discuss. I've never heard of Anthropic. Uh, to discuss how potential risks involving AI can be reduced. Talk about a waste of money. The Biden administration said AI is one of the most powerful technologies of our time, but in order to seize the opportunities it presents, we must first mitigate its risks. The plan is to launch seven new AI research institutes, which will bring the total number of such institutes to 25 across the United States. From there, the entities will ask companies like Google, Microsoft, and ChatGPT's creator OpenAI to, quote, participate in a public evaluation of AI systems. So apparently there's going to be government AI institutes out there, yeah, you know, which sounds really bad. I, I will say there's probably a risk of government implementing AI, but it's not it's not what they're going to be talking about. What do you mean? Um, I mean, so if if, if you take, like, a system and it's not clear how that system ends up coming to a conclusion or phrasing something or getting its data. Uh, you can end up, I don't know, potentially with like a government using a system to rate how risky somebody is like maybe like, like for example, somebody that's arrested. Right. Mm -hmm. And if that, if we have no idea how that system works, that's a problem. Yeah. And they don't really know how AI works. Well, right. And that's one of the that's one of the potential problems of government using getting a hold of it. Yeah, I see right. what you're saying there. Uh, so there's a little teaser of what they're planning on doing there, Major. What do you think? Well, um, 
I don't know. I, I'm not really too concerned with AI. Um, I think I can, they can sync it up their AH. But, you know, that's just my opinion of the whole matter. I'm, 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 it, it does not overwhelm me. I am not consumed by anything artificial. All right. Very good. Thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate it. Let's talk to Ricky. He's in uh, Pennsylvania. Go ahead, Ricky. Thank you there, brother Ian, brother Chris. Good evening. What's on your mind? Well, I'm going to get geeky tonight, and that's a little known if you remember me from the past, brother Ian. I'm going to get pretty geeky tonight, and I think Chris is going to appreciate it. See, going back uh, to a year and a half before Windows 10 Build 10.240 was released in July, I worked... What was this, like uh, a decade ago? Uh, something like that. Yeah, that's all right, though. Okay. Because there's, there's a whole point to all this, brother Ian, so bear with me. So I worked as a as a Windows Insider, which, of course, was free, but I utilized workarounds. You worked for free? Code. Yes, of course. It's hard, Ian. Microsoft uh, is a billion-dollar company. They, they, <laughs> you, you were volunteering for them? We People like me are the ones – I'll explain, yes. We – there were about 5,000 of us <laughs> hardcore insiders – Windows insiders that work with coders utilizing workarounds as Windows 10 was being built uh, to when you like when you lay because when you lay a layer of code and then you put a feature in then you lay more code it breaks stuff so people like me would utilize workarounds to go back in to get it to work and then they do use that to clean the code now that being said that's what I did and I so you were like Windows. a tester yes okay. and then some. What I, I can't imagine not getting paid to do bug testing on if software. I, if I'm not mistaken, weren't you paying them to be part of that program? Absolutely not. Okay, it might be a different program I'm thinking of, but I know there is a program that Microsoft has where you pay them wow. to be part of the program to be the beta tester, basically. No, that was many years ago, like under XP and that. Okay. Okay. What's the point that of your a, call, sir? Program. But anyways, my point is, so the important thing here is I know the operating system inside and out. And at the code okay. base level, from the very first line of code, both Windows 10 Phone and Windows 10 PC were brand new. And at the code base level, they're identical. That's very important here. So that being said, so as features were being employed into Windows Phone, they were also being employed into Windows 10. And the same workarounds, the clean code and stuff. And the clean the code, we're putting into that. Now, we're going to jump ahead. Who cares? Why now, does this matter? Say, well, I'm going to tell you why. All right, well, let's See, get to it. I got to run a phone. And I talked about this in the past with my problems with Android and all that. Here it comes down to. See, despite the fact that, say, a device like the 950XL, the first phone to run an octa-core, which is a Microsoft device, came out in November of 15, that phone currently, believe it or not, that was 850, is now currently, for the lowest price on Amazon, $400 new. And here's going to be the reason why. Despite the fact that Windows 10 for phone died right at the anniversary update in January, I mean, I'm sorry, July of 17, it got put on a seven-year service contract for security updates. It don't need it. It's rock solid. Now, all the apps that are in there, core apps are the same they're in Windows 10. Everything Why does anyone care about a dead operating system on a phone <laughs> from seven years ago? I'm going to tell you, Brother Ian. I'm well, get to the point. That. You're boring the crap am, out of me. Here's why. 
Here's why. Because you talk about longevity. That particular device will rank with any modern-day Android as far as hardware and all of that. What good does it do? You can't get any modern software. Ah, but see, that's the thing, Brother Ian. All the core apps that are in Windows 10 PC are in that same device. So? Not only that. So you can edit a Word Word document on it? (laughs) Of course it comes with Word. It's got Windows. Who would want to edit a Word document on their phone? No, you don't get it. It's got all the features every modern phone. No one else got it either. That's why no one bought a Windows phone and it failed. (laughs) What do you what is the point of this? Why why do you think we're in twenty twenty three right now? It has been years, as you've pointed out, since Windows phone software has even been developed. It is a dead technology. Are you just calling? Is should Windows we just start 10? talking about the, you know, the Palm Pilot and how great that was? I mean, I had one well, in the late actually, 1990s, but it's not particularly <laughs> relevant today. Dead? This is going to be is nostalgic if that, at this point if you start talking about Palm Pilot. Windows 10 PC dead. Uh, no, Windows I 10 think. still exists. There are still people who okay, have now, it installed. But what you got to understand so? is Windows 10 for for the phone is identical. Who cares? At the code base level as Windows 10. Because it's as usable as Windows 10 for the phone. Well, great. Go out and get yourself a seven-year-old what, phone. I, I'm still trying to understand what the point of that whole uh, the story was. <laughs> I don't know. It's just why. him. It's just him why. self-pleasuring over being no, a Windows no, dork. I'll tell you why. Because <laughs> I'm a blind guy, right? Uh-huh. And it's the only phone that I can actually run using. Uh, the accessibility features. And plus, here's Well, I guess you just haven't phone. tried very hard because I can tell yeah. you that uh, Riley, who is also a blind guy, uh, he's here and he's on his phone constantly and he ain't using a Windows well, phone. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's on Android. But here's something that that Android can't do. Get this. Now, take this. So say I got my phone sitting right down on a coffee <laughs> table, right? Somebody sends me a text. What's going to happen is Cortana is going to answer for the text. Oh, my God. <laughs> Listen, pick it up. What I can then do, she'll read it to me, and then I say, after read it, You know what? Riley I- gets texts from me, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's yeah, been screen reader software for decades, man. I'm sorry, but uh, like this enough. is just hilarious. It's not funny enough to continue, though. It's, I, I just I can't take not, it anymore. I'm not saying you should be continued. It's just yeah. it's just like this is. <laughs> we get it. You like Windows yeah, you like mobile Windows. phone that nobody else liked, right? But it's yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Ricky. I I think for the call, maybe. Uh, hey, look, I I get the idea of liking an old technology and being sad to see it go. I get I get it, right? Like, I, if it was good, I had to understand that the nostalgia factor, but it wasn't. No, like I understand no. like people like really liking their Palm Pilots, like especially certain uh, a certain like time period when In they were at time, their prime. It was good, right? But. Now, no, <laughs> right? But going no, back, not. calling a radio show about a product that was never any good, <laughs> having like like nostalgia over it. Yeah, ah, I had a I related story. I, st- I I still found it was man, and and just like talking about how it 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 still ran Windows or something. I was just like, like, like As oh, all, that's such a great thing. It's I, not. Yeah, like it was just like it was just oh man crazy it was just like i'm, I'm thinking like secu- what security updates like what are you getting at like what 
You're not getting that. Right. That's you're not sure. getting that. And and Windows 10 is also uh, actually um, not going to be available, I think, at the end of this month, I think it is. So, as far um, as like uh, getting updates or whatever, yeah, what something. Uh, no, no, no. I don't know about updates. I think it's it's you won't be able to install it anymore. Something along those lines. There, I mean, if you got an ISO, you should still be able to install the, the software. Um, no, getting okay. So I'm actually talking about getting licenses for it. Ah, right. Yeah, getting a new version of it, and yeah, I get you. Yeah, I get yeah. what you're saying. Uh, so they're trying to kill it, basically. <laughs> I mean, I'll give I'll give an Best example of an old technology that I feel like is gone too soon. And that is uh, physical physical DVD rentals. I I got the notice a couple of weeks ago from Netflix that they're going to terminate their DVD rental program. The thing that made them a household name, they are now saying goodbye, and they're just shutting it down on what is an estimated million users, uh, which is obviously a fraction of their streaming users, right? Their streaming users is like, 200 million or kind of surprised that was that high 250 million um and so they're making a you know they're making still some money on it it's 146 million came in from it last year or something like that but that's down from like 300 million just a couple years ago so it's it's definitely on the decline i i get it why they're doing this but it is just it's a shame because as we've discussed on previous episodes there's different rules on physical media as far as being able to share those things so there's there's essentially no rules about whether you can rent a physical disc of of um, a movie or uh i think actually there are rules for C- audio cds but for uh, for dvds and for you know vhs blu-ray uh there are you can you can just buy up physical copies of these movies and you can charge whatever you can get away with to rent those things out to whoever you want to rent them out to and so that's why the netflix dvd division has a huge selection of movies i was just reading about it today actually the online netflix the streaming version it only has a few thousand titles that's it yeah their their actual disc version has like tens of thousands as I understand it, yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all. I'm, I mean, yeah, this is this is like a multi-faceted kind of like issue because you you end up, you know, we used to have tens of thousands of video store rental stores in the United States, mm-hmm. and now we've got like four or I'd five. I'd be surprised if there's like uh, you know streaming services by comparison. Yeah, and um, but as far as actual video stores left, yeah. I'd be surprised if the you know if there's even a hundred of them. I mean, right, right, and and the reason we don't have more streaming services and and their selections are terrible is because of the way that uh, it's, licensing. it's 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 licensing, right? Yeah. DVDs, you know, anybody could buy and start a DVD rental place. You right. can't just start a, a uh, an equivalent to that in the streaming world because you have to actually get permission and sign off from every distributor uh, that is you know going to work with you on it. And the DVD, and they don't, they but- don't like rental stores the dvd by mail model seems like it's still viable as far as they were making money just wasn't you know something they wanted to focus on anymore and i'm surprised they didn't sell it off that's i know they're actually the guy that runs Redbox, which is like the only other DVD rental service out there the the you know machines that are outside of walmart or wherever um, I've actually never used a red box because I've, I've had Netflix, right? They come to my house. Why would I want to go out to a machine? And, oh, the selection's terrible with the red boxes. I too. suspect so. Yeah. Yeah. All mainstream stuff or, or yeah. whatever. But the guy that owned red box was saying he's willing to buy yeah. the DVD business from Netflix, but they're not willing to sell it. So I don't know what they're going to do with their inventory. Are they going to sell it off? Are they just going to throw it away? 
or what, but uh, it's going to be around for another like four or five months, and then they're they're pulling the plug on that. And I think that's a, that's a shame because you know there are fewer. I, look, I'm not like a movie buff or anything like that. I hardly ever actually watch movies, but I do like the the convenience of the the service. And for those people that are actually movie buffs that are interested in like older movies, somebody did oh, a, yeah. somebody did an audit of the Netflix streaming service, and they found that they only have like thirty something movies from before nineteen eighty. Yeah, thirty uh, it, something. It's yeah, it's 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 amazing. Um, it the archival like just from a archival perspective right? right like you would want to have an archive of it whether it's in dvd format or some other format um yeah. but yeah I've, I've never been a fan of netflix per- specifically but I, I will say that like you know not being able to get your hands on old videos you know old discs because netflix killed the you know alternative market for that and it's now and now it, there's like i don't even know is it, have you looked into video rental store dvd rental stores online do i mean no there's nothing there's there's I mean, literally nothing there's, well there was i i did actually ask when this news came out i i tweeted about it or tweeted about it and asked people for their input and somebody did link to one uh that's a real life rental store still that actually will ship you discs yep but it's the cost is too high like they don't have the they're not doing the volume or whatever that, that Netflix was doing, so you've actually got to pay per movie, whereas you know Netflix, you pay a monthly fee and you keep it out for as long as you want. Uh, so it would be like going back to the yeah. old the old model, which I'm not that interested. Like, I don't care that much about movies to to do that. I know there's still some places you can buy the, the DVDs online and Blu-ray sure. discs, but uh, yeah, actual- no, no, there's still... There's still people pressing Rental. discs out there. Obviously, yeah. that's that still exists. There's still one blockbuster left in uh, Bend, Oregon. Are they they didn't close? I thought they there's closed. There's one in Bend, Oregon. At least the last I heard, they're still there, and they sell like they sell more T-shirts than they do. Yeah, than they do movies, <laughs> just because people come there as sort of like a a pilgrimage. You know, like Gen X parents showing their kids how things novelty. used to be. <laughs> yeah, you know? it's a novelty. Uh, but uh, but you know, again, this is. The numbers are down as far as people buying physical media. We know that oh, that's yeah, true. Sure. It's something that is probably going to go away. And I don't have like a love for physical things necessarily. I don't like collections. I don't want to have a bunch of junk to carry to the grave or whatever. So I understand the I understand the appeal of online streaming, but if it reduces the selection, I think that's a big problem. And to to say that, you know, for Netflix to to brag about having some great selection but you can't watch anything before 1980 i mean there's a whole lot of movies that came out before 1980 there's a huge history of uh of cinema and they just it doesn't exist online streaming and you know the critics would point out that if it isn't profitable then companies aren't going to do it and if there's no quote-unquote money to be made if there's not enough money to be made streaming old movies well they're just gonna not exist you know you know the funny thing about this is there is profit and there's a lot of profit to be made in streaming um old movies it's it, it's it's if you look at what happened with the dvd rental industry uh you know hollywood was freaking out about the you know they had a whole they had a whole war and i think what it hit the supreme court didn't it um it went all the way up to the supreme court um, because they, the Hollywood didn't want, uh, you to be able to rent DVD or, well, sorry, not DVDs. It was, was VHS at the time, I believe. This was when they were um, fighting the rental model. Yeah. They mm-hmm. were fighting the rental model and yet they made a ton of money off it once they realized. Did they? Yeah. Why? 
Um, well, because you, you're going to sell a lot more physical copies of mm-hmm. VHS tapes. And th- the funny thing is, um, there's actually... Why would you sell more? If the rent, Is it because people are seeing the movies and they want to own the well, movie? Well, people aren't or? necessarily willing to pay, you know, what they, I guess at the time, what they were, uh, what, it, what it would have cost to buy one. But they were willing to pay to see the movie. Mm-hmm. So they ended up selling a lot of... Actually, what, what happened was... They, there's different quality for VHS tapes. So if you if you if you got the like ones that you'd sell to consumers, like there's a consumer quality, and then there's like all, there's a me, I think it's like a metal tape basically versus a, like a plastic tape hmm. basically. And I'm not the best person to explain this, but um, basically they can charge more for the metal tapes. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, in the end, it, they realized that it wasn't their interest, and so they ended up selling way more. You know. Huh you know way more movies basically they made way more money off it but they were against it right initially like, because they, i don't know they, they, i guess they it wasn't it wasn't where they made their money originally and they couldn't see you know they couldn't see past the control they, uh, figures they, i think the best way to describe it is they're they're a bunch of control freaks right and they understood the model they had but they didn't understand the potential for the model that you know the rental store the rental store model basically right well and this comes back around to uh kind of what we were talking about where uh, the federal government wants to get into regulating artificial intelligence. And we'll continue with that conversation, but we have Reverend Ratspeed on the line in Nevada. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Brother Ian, yeah, <laughs> I just can't understand this argument about Windows 10 and Android. I feel <laughs> dirty using anything more than a CGA graphics adapter. Let's go back to the <laughs> Oh, I feel nerd at jokes. home at a command prompt. Anyway, <laughs> how are you guys doing? CGA so, graphics yeah. for people that don't know was four colors, <laughs> if I recall correctly. This was like the big advance oh, after yeah. monochrome. Four... I believe CGA was four color, wasn't it? <laughs> that's that's correct. Wasn't it I like was pink? I... Yeah, it wasn't I, much. I, Crappy I was a... blue, and I don't even remember the other two. I'm trying to think, I... I was a spoiled little boy at five years old. I had a an EGA 16 color graphic yeah, adapter with buddy. three channels sound. Now, anyway, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I was just calling because, yeah, you're talking about the AI thing. And I was, yeah, I didn't hear the word Elon escape anyone's lips yet. And I know that Elon has been harping about uh, the dangers of AI for years. And mm-hmm. just recently, he came out talking about how he had a, um, a disagreement years ago with one of the heads of Google that, that he used to be friends with. And, um, and because for years, I mean, you know, like he went on Joe Rogan, he talked about how, you know, he tried to warn people about AI for years and that's how come he started open AI. And now that Google has turned open AI into, well, closed AI with proprietary source code that you can't see. Um, and, you know, he kind of regrets having started that company. He mm-hmm. feels like he's kind of started Skynet. I was just wondering if you had heard about the the, the most recent comments where essentially he, what he was he was accused of I can't remember the guy's name from Google, but he was accused of being a speciesist is what uh, he was accused of. And huh. I, have you, are you it familiar sounds familiar. With that conversation that recently? Yeah, yeah, it sounds yeah, familiar. Yeah. Didn't he come out? I've heard a rumor. I haven't seen the actual statement that he made. Isn't he now in favor of the government regulating AI? He has been for a long time, uh, and he says AI is one of those. Mo- yeah, I know, I know. One of those things that he he talks about. He equates it to the same thing as seatbelts, uh, where you know for years seatbelts were just kind of like an option, and and uh, cars didn't have them, and a lot of people got killed, and so he kind of uh, equated it to that. Um, 
but yeah, I was just wondering if you were familiar with that recent uh, uh, comment. I believe it. Who was it with? I'm trying to remember which interviewer was was because he's been on a lot of interviews lately, mm-hmm. and that was one of them. And that was the first time they actually opened up about. I think his name is Larry Page. Uh, That's the Google uh, guy, right? Yeah, the Google guy. Exactly. He used to be friends with him. And then he's no longer friends with them because of their disagreements about whether or not humans should be a superior species over, uh, over AI, uh, if you consider it a species. So yeah, I was calling to find out if you were aware of those comments, because it, it's very insightful. No, I don't, I don't know, know if you have more to say about it, but if you, if you do, stand by. We'll continue here, and we'll talk a little more about the government regulating AI, or they're going to try to, coming up. On Free Talk Live, we're bringing people to the ideas of liberty every day. From wrestling superstars like Glenn Jacobs. You guys really are having an impact, I believe. Like I said, uh, a lot of where I am now is due to listening to Free Talk Live. You changed my mind on some very important issues years ago. To random people tuning in on the radio. I was kind of stuck in the left-right paradigm. I heard your show by chance on a Saturday night. From there, I went on joined the Free State Project and become an amplifier. So, I mean, that's really the reason why I amp is uh, because I know that if it wasn't for you guys being on as many stations as you are, I never would have found the ideas of liberty. You can help more people hear the message of liberty by joining Free Talk Live's AMPS program on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. And you'll get access to special perks. Visit amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Kicking off the second hour here. Pubs are open and you can join us. Number 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We're talking about technology, specifically the so-called AI. And I say that because you're in the studio here tonight, Chris, and you're a bit of a skeptic as to whether or not this stuff is actually AI. Everybody else is calling it that, so... But it is interesting technology, whatever you want to call it, and it has now caught the interest of the federal government thugs. Uh, Specifically, they're now proposing some new AI regulatory structure. Vice President Kamala Harris has been appointed as the so-called AI czar. What does all that mean? That's what we've been... uh, trying to get into and then we ended up going off on a different tangent because ricky called in about some ancient old technology that no one cares about anymore called a windows phone (laughs) and uh, that led to a conversation about old tech but let's go to uh, back to reverend ratspeed on the line in nevada uh reverend you're back on free talk live i feel like there was something you were trying to drive at and i wanted to make sure you had a chance to express whatever that was I well, it, it was mainly about the comments uh, made by Elon because I wanted to find out if you were aware of them. But um, it, extrapolating from that, I mean, you mean the comments listen, that he was yeah. he was sorry about helping develop AI. Uh, it, it's hard to it's hard to gauge. Okay. It, it, Elon, even though he does often speak the truth, he definitely knows propaganda. Mm-hmm. He definitely knows how to twist things and, and, and spin things into a way that um, uh, benefits him. Uh, don't even ask me my opinions about uh, his use of open sourcing his... Uh, I mean, his this is this is the same technology. guy that, that invented Twitter, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he was good friends with Al Gore. Um, so... <laughs> 
it, he is generally on the side of not having regulations, but he said that this one was one mm-hmm. thing that he does want regulations on because he considers it an actual uh, safety hazard to the public. Now, depending on your point of view as to what AI actually is and what it should be, you know, like, you know, should it be like data from Star Trek where it gets its own consciousness and its own rights uh, and under the Constitution, or do you want to keep it as a pet mm-hmm. and keep it self-contained and controlled? That, that really seems to be the crux of the entire argument. It's like, you know, can we trust uh, a simulated or a synthetic computer mind that has no boundaries, knows no morals, and we seem to be teaching it bad habits like censorship through things like G- GPT, where, you know, if you've, you know, watched, you know, Hal from 2001 uh, made it into a neurotic computer that decided to destroy uh, everyone on the ship because it needed to finish its mission. You know, there's been plenty of uh, science fiction stories and, and novels written about these this very subject. Well, don't you uh, see that's exactly decade. why the government needs to take control of it, because we don't want Skynet right, to come right. about. I mean, this is all implementation stuff. It's like you don't have to put AI in your, I don't know, your your weapons. I mean, they already do, I think, to some degree. You better believe the government will. Well, yeah. Oh, God. Uh, They're already doing it, at least based on what what, we're talking about, I think. I, I watched a, I believe it was a two-hour-long presentation uh, by a experienced Air Force fighter pilot uh, giving a lecture to uh, a series of uh, people at, at some university, and he says that the new machines—they essentially—you are essentially helping it drive itself rather mm. than you driving it. So when you're flying a fighter pilot these days, you're more or less sort of guiding the computer system, which is actually flying a machine. It's just like wow. you know, a rocket. I uh, hope they don't so get a blue it, screen it, of death while they're up there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny you mentioned about the the person at the bank using terminal to in a, a brand new computer and, and accessing terminal to actually get into mm-hmm. the mainframe. I, years ago, I used to work for an uh, office furniture supply company that uh, that uh, did servicing for big box retail, and I remember going to Office Max years ago, and the same thing was happening. So this is nothing wow. new. Yeah, I and, believe it. You know, yeah. Uh, I, I really didn't have uh, that more of a point to All go right. on with. Hey, thanks, Ratspeed. I appreciate yeah, it, man. Yeah. Thanks for calling in and weighing in on this night. one here. So the plan, according to Breitbart, is to launch seven new so-called AI research institutes, which apparently there's already, you know, a dozen plus AI research institutes. But the government wants to have their own uh, AI research institutes, and they want to have Google, Microsoft, and OpenAI, quote, participate in a public evaluation of AI systems, whatever that means. Does that mean that Google, Microsoft, and OpenAI will get to determine what other systems even are allowed to exist? Quote, President Biden has been clear that when it comes to AI, we must place people and communities at the center by supporting responsible innovation that serves the public good while protecting our society, security, and economy. You know what this sounds like is inhibiting regulation, or they're trying to inhibit competition. Uh, That's what it sounds like. They've established a market, and now... They don't want any other competitors to enter. Right. We can control Microsoft. We can control OpenAI. We can control all these big corporations because they're corporations, and so therefore they do whatever we, the government, yeah. say. But we can't control those guys on 4chan. 
Yeah. We can't control those guys over at the, you know, uh, open source foundation that's not based in, in the United States. So they're going to try to somehow stop that from happening. And that's, of course, the big question mark about exactly what their plan is uh, to stop independent discovery and in, in independent uh, innovation increase, in this particular area. Increase, uh, you know, have high, high uh, costs of uh, compliance and mm-hmm. you keep out the, the, anybody who's not basically a big corporation. But like you said, what can they really do about people who are anonymous and developing internationally? Yeah. Uh, and that's, of course, you know, we know that they if they know who you are, they will send men with guns after you. We've seen that in the crypto cases where they've arrested people like, uh, what's his name? The guy behind Terra Luna, Do Kwan. Mm, he yes. was picked up recently in Montenegro uh, for trying to cross the border with a fake passport from, I think it was Costa Rica. And, of course, now the U.S. government wants him extradited to the United States to face charges. He saw a threat. He did the smart thing, or he tried to do the smart thing, and he, he unfortunately, they, they caught it. Yep. Uh, so they have quite a bit of a reach. But if they don't know who you are, then there's not much they can do. They don't know who Satoshi Nakamoto is. But if they did, you better believe they'd be trying to put the handcuffs on him or her or whoever Satoshi Nakamoto is. The Biden administration claiming that uh, they're trying to protect society, security, and the economy <laughs> by, quote-unquote, responsible innovation that serves the public good. And whenever somebody starts talking about the so-called public good, you should be asking, who decides what is the public good? Mm. Who decides? Because when the government people say it, what they mean is what's good for the government. Because, <laughs> or, or good for their buddies. <laughs> their industry buddies, yeah. yeah. Uh, which is, again, one and the same, essentially. But you know, whenever they use the word public, it's a euphemism for government. Public makes it sound like it's more. Public, whenever they refer to the public, it sounds like they're talking about you. It sounds like they're talking about all of us, right? But they're really just talking about themselves. Well, don't you want to be safe, Ian? <laughs> Well, I mean, safety is a little overrated. I think, you know, safety, I get it. Like, I get the desire for it. But at the same time, you can't be too safe or you won't have any fun in life. Yeah, very true. You have to be able to take risks. You won't get away. You won't get anywhere in life if you're if you're too safe. Actually, if you're too safe, you can actually create dangers for yourself and others. Yes, that's true as well. So uh, Biden's uh, release press release also said this, said, importantly, this means that companies have a fundamental responsibility to make sure their products are safe before they're deployed or made public. I mean, there's already laws on liability. I don't know why we would need yet another law here. Well, you know, they just love passing more and more. If the first law laws. didn't work. What makes you think the second or third one are going to work? Well, they are doing, without any laws, without any government involvement whatsoever, every one of these companies they're talking about has bent over backwards to make their AI chatbots or whatever, quote-unquote, safe. Yeah, and let's talk about what they've done to make their chatbots safe. So, um, I, I, okay, I guess you don't know the answer to this one. Well, I mean, I've, I've done it, but I'm wondering what you're going to say. Well, I've, yeah, I've used a, so, a bunch of these things. Well, that's why I was hoping you were going to answer this, okay. but... Uh, yeah, I mean they're 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 censoring curse words. Okay. Yes. I'm pretty sure you don't have to like put your you know, six year old in front of a AI chat bot or whatever <laughs> if you don't want them to see no. the curse words, right? Um I'm not sure we need to censor all adults to protect, you know, a few kids that 
their parents could, I guess, protect them if you want to say that's protection. Right. And also, you could have a safe mode, right? You could have like yeah, the kids sure. mode. And then you can have the adults mode, the right. people that want to take the training wheels off, right, and want to have an unfiltered thing. So some of the other things they're restricting uh, would be certain to- uh, certain topics. So not just curse words, but also another classic example is how do you make methamphetamine or, you know, how do you hotwire a car or how do you build a bomb, right? Like certain I mean, questions These are like all that. things you could, you could find on the internet, on the internet. anyway. Yes. Like it's not like yes. you need AI to tell you how to do these things. Correct. Correct. Um, so that's kind of what they're – that's, a, that's a, a sample of some of the things that they are restricting. Uh, but there's a, there's a long list. They just – they won't be offensive. They won't say anything that could upset somebody. I mean it's just – it's so kind of like tiptoeing and cautious yeah, it, and really disappointing. I, the way I it's usually think in, and choose to use this word around uh, airport security, but it's security theater, right? Mm-hmm, like yeah. I mean this is just another version of security theater. Um, so – uh, OpenAI's popular ChatGPT bot, which students now use to cheat in school, according to Breitbart, has uh, how is it cheating? You're just <laughs> using a tool that is available to you now to jump through the yeah, stupid you know hoops. The, you know the funny thing about this is too, there's nothing that stops like if you want to evaluate a student's ability to write an essay from taking away the computer, handing out some paper and, and pens, doing it in class and yeah, having sure. them do it, you know, in class and good point. you would still determine whether or not they're able to write an essay. So it sparked a massive debate around AI, which keeps getting more and more advanced with the ability to produce deep fakes, tricking people into thinking they're seeing or hearing real people. And that's also a uh, topic we've been covering for years, actually before the whole AI thing really started taking off deep fakes were becoming a thing, and they're now better than they've ever been, of course. The technology just keeps getting better. You can still kind of tell uh, when you see these things, but for people that haven't seen them, it usually involves taking some politician or Hollywood person and then swapping their face onto somebody else or making them say something that they yeah. didn't are those, say. Are those usually lower resolution? Probably, yeah, okay. uh, but they're getting better. I, I'm just curious because I, I saw a, a video the other day that I'm like, this doesn't look, something doesn't look great about this. And it was a low resolution involving Ukraine and a mm. guy, I think it was, I'm trying to think what the group was. There's a lot of fake stuff coming military. out of Ukraine. Yeah. Um, and, but, but it was a lot of uh, old video too, a lot oh. of video from like 2014. Yeah. Now this was new. Um, it was uh, involving their, their uh, contracted uh Contractors, basically. So not the military, the Russian oh, military, okay. but contractors for the Russian military. And they said they're pulling, they're going to pull out or something like that. And, and it was just uh, propaganda. I, well, it sounded like it very much could be propaganda. Yeah. And the video was like a 1080p, supposedly, but it was not 1080p. Like upscaled. Yeah. So it was like, mm. Mm. and it was, it was, it was just the whole thing. It just seemed like, hmm, sounds like it might be propaganda. Yeah. You're just going to have to become um, kind of numb to the idea that things that you're seeing online are real because you will not know at some point. You will be, you'll have a very tough time discerning the difference. Now, I mean, it's already. You're already going to have a tough time in many cases. Uh, yeah. I yeah. mean, there's some of it that's obvious parody, right? So there's been a few pretty entertaining videos I've seen of the Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome pa- Powell, where they have, they've actually done not just AI audio or not AI audio, but the video. They've deep faked the video where his lips are moving to the, the yeah. fake audio. And they've got his voice down. They've got, this is easy to do. You can download free programs and there's cheap programs online that'll 
that you can just type out what you want a celebrity to say and it'll it'll do the voice so like the voice is easy to do the video it's a little harder but it's clearly something they can do because they put i've seen more than one of these videos where it's basically jerome powell who's like a 70 plus year old man talking like he's an online gamer (laughs) so he's like using all the gamer speak and all the slang or whatever that somebody would say if they were talking crap on a first person shooter or whatever might be a good tell that it's uh (laughs) you know not actually real that's what i'm saying it's obvious parody Okay, so there are those types of deep fakes where you know it's obviously not real, but there's going to be some deep fakes that are going to start getting passed around as though they are real, and a lot of people aren't going to know. They're not going to have any idea because they're going to sound serious. It's going to be they're uh, yeah, going to be taking know, a serious position. We on say something. we say you know passed around, and I, I think I think that kind of under is kind of underwhelming as to the the degree of the problem. I think we're seeing stuff that's in the mainstream media. You know that is oh, it's going to fool the mainstream that's being, media. Yeah, that's being played as if it's real. We've seen the mainstream sure media run is. with Onion articles in the past. Yeah, I mean, we've seen mainstream media take Onion stories and act as though they're real. So, like that has that's been it's been years yeah. that, since that's happened. So yeah, uh, that's uh, that happen. predates uh, you know any kind of uh, deep fake probably too right. even. Uh, let's go to the phones here. We got Alu Axelman on the line here from LibertyBlock.com. What's up, Alu? Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey. I have a uh, comment on, I guess, last night's episode. I'm listening to the podcast, and I feel this issue comes up so often. It's been coming up a lot the last few days, um, especially with the porn conversation, which I have interesting views on. Um, it's, I, I, <laughs> what I, was I, the I, issue? Just recap uh, briefly for uh, listeners that weren't tuned in. Oh, yeah. Um, well, you guys were talking about porn, or uh, Aria, Nikki, and Bonnie, I think, last night talking about how Utah essentially oh. required all online web. That was two nights ago, by the way. You're, you're talking about Wednesday night. So, uh, yeah, I wasn't yeah, there for it either. Ago. So, yes, thank you for the, the recap. As I understand it, Utah is putting a age verification procedure in as a mandate for any online pornography website that's accessible through you in, in Utah. Yeah, so there's a distinction that I think you understand, and I think body and all of you guys understand, but it's not me. And a tremendous distinction between the world and the arena of what should be political and what should be the law and what police should enforce as, you know, a, a law and crimes versus what is culturally, socially a good idea, something that is advisable. Mm-hmm. Smoking, obviously, we all have you, you and I have the same opinion on smoking. It is probably not healthy. It also, it should probably not be banned by men with guns who will come with guns to kill you if you do it. Right. Um, you know, same with all drugs, For sure. same with all bad behaviors and eating cheeseburgers and not exercising and all the bad behaviors. Um, I, I would put, you know, porn in that category. I know that Nikki and Ari and Bonnie said it's overall a net positive, which, again, I would just agree to disagree with that. But I think what I would just say for all of you guys. I'm actually surprised. Others, but before you go on, I, I actually was surprised to hear Bonnie say that because uh, I, yeah. I don't think she actually has any kind of like pro pornography beliefs. Um but at the same time, uh, I would say that it's definitely something that should not be prohibited, and the prohibition of pornography is obviously going to do what prohibition always does, which is drive something underground and make it even more dangerous. Like, and make it more profitable for those who are kind of doing it. Sure. Basically. Well, yeah. there's, there's definitely evidence that it's beneficial to society um, based on, like, rape counts. Um, like, is that right? Yeah. Um, there was a—I forget what country did this, but they basically—they legalized it. Mm. Rapes fell. They criminalized it again. Like, and we're talking about, like, over a short period of time, like, every—like, 
every two years or something like that. I mean, obviously correlation isn't causation, but that's very interesting. It's not, but the fact that they did it, they, yeah, they, they criminalized it. I'm sorry. They legalized it because it was already criminal originally. Uh, and then they criminalized it again, and then they legalized it again. And mm-hmm. every time, very, very I think it's also true with, uh, I think they've seen that with prostitution as well, right? Where if prostitution is legalized, then rapes go down. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Alu? Yeah, that makes sense. As far as what he said, um, what Penguin said, I, I could argue probably both sides of that. I, I see both sides of that. Um, all, no, the other know, side of it is, is, is addiction, right? The other side of it yeah. is porn addiction, yeah. which is definitely a problem for people. But then again, lots of addictions are problems. Matt, that sounds yeah. like a human, so, uh, a human nature or yeah. an animal thing. Not yeah, you're not going to be able to outlaw it. Yeah, I'm not sure. Problem. I'm not sure if you outlaw porn or outlaw sex, it's going to magically have people not no, it doing it. It'll, it'll just make it. Yeah. it'll just push it underground and make people unwilling to even talk at all about you know their addiction or or seek help for it. Anyway, go ahead, Alu. Yeah, so I think this distinction is so important for every conversation and every debate that you should, you should even consider putting it up as one of your signs that's a good reminder in the FDL studio for all the hosts that are on it. Because when they talk about something and they say this is good or this is bad, they don't always um, clarify and confirm whether they're talking about legality or mm-hmm. what's advisable. So when I say porn is bad, someone might say, oh, are you crazy? You want to ban porn? No, I just said it's not good, and I'm right. not going to you know, introduce my son to it. And, and I quit three years ago, which is like the hardest thing I did in my life, and it was you know, tremendous, horrific, um, horrific detriments to my life and a lot mm-hmm. of others. Some people mm-hmm. could use it. You know, some people can use alcohol responsibly. Some can't. Um, I can. I know others who can't, um, right. and they have to quit all fully. So um, everyone, everyone has their own deal, but you can say something is not good, like smoking and cheeseburgers and all that stuff, without yeah. saying it should be banned. I don't think anything should be banned. You right, know, and this, the, the reverse is of, true. You can also say that something should be legal and not be endorsing the thing. And th- there's so many people out there t- that just think that, and they, they look at libertarians when we say, legalize heroin or whatever, right? Like, <laughs> legalize all drugs. And they, they think, well, that means you support heroin use. No, that is not <laughs> what that means. It means I don't support putting a gun to my neighbor's head and and throwing them in a prison cell over using heroin. We're not crazy. <laughs> You're exactly. just so not with, listening. With the drama du jour of, of Maj and everything, and the drag queens, people are, when I I'm already being yelled at by both sides. Everyone hates me um, because you guys who are actually tolerant. Everyone else hates me because to the conservatives, I say, listen, um, if they're not like sexually assaulting kids severely, um, I'm not going to even consider using violence against them. Um, I'm going to say they're freaks and weirdos and perverts and inappropriate and all that, but I'm not going to use violence. Um, so the conservatives are upset at me. And then the leftists are upset at me because I say, hey, these stuff with sexualizing stuff with kids is really not appropriate, not cool pretty perverted, pretty effed up. I don't get it. I don't see the value in it. And then they get upset at me. So everyone hates me. Uh, but, but again, it's, it's just about, I'm not going to use violence against either side. Um, I'm just going to express my opinions on what's advisable. I always go back, I harken back to the cheeseburgers and the alcohol and the smoking. Well, I will tell a friend and my son, it's not good to do, but I'm not going to endorse a law to send men with guns and bear cats to uh, smash into windows and drag people out with AR-15s and shatter glass on their right. feet if they violate that thing. It's a very big difference. And I think it's so important for all of you guys on the show to really make sure to clarify for every listener, even the new listeners who are, who are not that into the philosophy and everything, whether you're discussing the good idea stuff or what should be the law. I, you know what I just don't understand is why people are upset. Like if you're upset over, you know, that you think, you think that they would also be upset over clowns, right? Like both are putting on costumes and makeup and they're not really doing anything that's, 
that terrible. A lot of people are upset over clowns, by the way. There's a lot of people who find <laughs> clowns to be freaky. They find clowns to be scary, etc. Yeah, I, I get it, but it's like it's so ridiculous. Like even if you do, even if you are scared by clowns, it's just so ridiculous to say like, oh, this should be banned. Yeah, I agree. Alu, thanks for the the call time, man. I appreciate it. That's Alu Axelman. He's from LibertyBlock.com. As we continue here, if you want to jump in, you want to weigh in, feel free. The number here is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. You know, raise your family however you want to raise it. I just don't understand this quote-unquote culture war uh, that is going on out there and why libertarians feel the need to take a side on it. If you're a libertarian, you should be live and let live. You should understand there are going to be other people out there who choose to raise their kids in a different way. They take their kids to, to gay and lesbian pride fest and they have a good time there. You wouldn't. Fine. Don't go. But why spend even a little bit of your time getting upset about what somebody else is doing? I just don't understand it. It's Free Talk Live. by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending and has been the vision for Dash from the beginning. And the beginning for Dash was like almost 10 years ago. It's one of the oldest cryptocurrencies out there. And they were the very first to have what is now known as a decentralized autonomous organization. If you're new to the idea of the decentralized autonomous organization, you start getting into cryptocurrency, you're going to hear a lot about these things because they're pretty popular these days. It's a way to run an organization without the traditional structure of having a you know board of directors or CEO or an office. And it's a really cool idea, and it's actually worked out really well uh, for the industry as a whole, but Dash did it first. In fact, their DAO is funded by the Dash miners, uh, where 10% of the mining rewards go into a treasury, and then anyone that has one Dash, which is right now around 50 bucks, I think, uh, can put forward a proposal to the Dash masternodes. The masternodes then vote on those proposals after they vet them and decide which one should move forward. Uh, so Dash made this thing happen, and it deserves a lot of credit for that. Of course, it's one of the oldest cryptos. It's still out there. It's widely available on exchanges. It's in multi-crypto wallets all over the place. It's easy to get Dash. And easy to use Dash. You can start by learning more at Dash.org. And thank you to the Dash Decentralized Autonomous Organization for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. You can visit Dash.org and learn about Dash. That is Dash.org. Let's go to the phones here and uh, talk to Stephen in Northwest Georgia. Stephen, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Chris. What is up, dude? Hey, what's on your mind? Um, I just wanted to... Um talk to you about the reason I just got out of jail. Oh, no. What um, happened? So, um, I am a breakfast chef um, at a local restaurant. Yep. It's a really good restaurant. I like it. Um, and my schedule is I get there at like 4 a.m., right, because it's breakfast. Yep, yep. You got to do some rolling. prep. Yep. I'm out of there by, you know, 11 o'clock, 
uh, 12-ish. And so I literally walk next door to a bakery uh, because I'm a pastry chef, which means I'm also a baker. Um, And I walk next door. um, I go in, and they've got me on a thing where, like, I make X products. um, I get X dollars, right? So, so hold up. So just to clarify, you're working eight hours at a restaurant kitchen and then going next door to work more hours at a bakery. Yeah. Okay, got it. I mean, so, so like, my wife doesn't get off work till three, so, I mean, yeah. why not put in a few more hours? Sure. Um, and it's, it's commissioned, right? So if I want to run in and make a bunch of cannolis real quick, I can make a bunch of money real quick. Got it. Um, the faster you work, the faster you make your money. Nice. It's so you awesome. get paid per, uh, per item. Yeah. That's great. So, um, yeah, it's, it's awesome, right? So I walk down, I walk into the bakery, I walk downstairs, I'm doing my thing, I'm getting stuff prepped, I've got the ovens on, right? And mind you, I'm in Tennessee, I'm a Georgia resident. Both states now have constitutional carry, mm-hmm. right? So I'm chilling downstairs and I hear, oh God, oh God, oh God. And then I hear a bunch of Spanish speak, and I don't know what's going on. So I'm like, all right. Um, I walk out. I'm trying to figure something out. I'm trying to figure out what's going on. Um, and this dude runs up. He puts his hands in my face and goes, uh, get your hands against the wall. I'm like, um, who are you? What are you doing down here? We need you to go upstairs. Or you look like a customer. Um, he assaults me. Whoa. So I, I assault him back. He works for the... Hamilton, no, I'm sorry, he works for the Chattanooga, Hamilton's the county, Chattanooga's the city, works for the city of Chattanooga uh, Labor Department. What? And they are raiding us for unlawful labor because oh, having no. somebody work on commission is illegal. <gasps> what? Yeah. Well, commission of product, right? So commission of sales is one thing. Commission of product is an is That a is issue insane. You're saying making... Bakery items on commission, yeah. meaning per item fees rather than an hourly rate, is illegal in Georgia? It's illegal in Tennessee. In te- oh, you were in Tennessee at the time? I mean, wouldn't that depend yeah. on what your okay. ultimate money per hour broke down to? Well, so the argument for them was, um, first of all, they were in there, quote unquote, to get illegals. Mm-hmm. Um. And then during their investigation, they found people with guns, which is scary. Um, but legal. And, but very, I mean, I don't care if it's legal. I have the right to protect myself. But it's legal that. to just – you said yes. there's constitutional carry. Yeah. And okay. so so we get in a fist fight. An actual police officer walks up, points a taser at me. I'm like, no, get him out of here. Like, no, he works in the Department of Labor, man. I'm like – Wow. Okay, get him out of here. Y'all, you're, you're not authorized to be up here. Authorized personnel only. I don't authorize you. Mm-hmm. So they put me in handcuffs, right? Damn, um, what did you get charged with? Um, so I'm being charged currently with tax evasion. <laughs> what? Mr. Mr. Meaner tax evasion. I so this is a state-level charge? This is a state-level charge. They're asking the feds to pick it up um, because... Tax evasion is a big deal. The problem is they have no idea how much money we've made. 
They like they don't know anything. And to be honest with you, I mean it's very little. Just to be clear to clarify here, you're not an employee. You're a contractor, right? This company that is the kitchen, uh, the bakery that you're working for, they're paying you on a contract, wherein you can come yeah. in whenever you want to come in, and you can make however many bakery items you want to make, right? Yeah. This is yep. straight up. I mean, I'm not an employer or anything like that, Chris. I know you have like one employee yep. at at uh, Think Penguin. Uh, more, you probably know the difference between yep. contractor Absolutely. and employee. I've, I've right? had contractor. I actually have contractors and employees. Yeah. Yeah. Like, do, it doesn't it sound like he was just a contractor? Yeah. Uh, so the I mean the definition of contractor is it, it's it's not it's not exactly well defined, um, but it's something you set your own hours. Yeah, I mean, there's basically a list of things. You can bring your own tools. Yeah, frequently. it's generally but that's if, not required. If it's if you using, yeah, it's it, you're right. It's not necessarily required, but generally, a contractor is going to be somebody who uses their own tools and they set their own hours, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. So if, if they're if they're doing and they're not being supervised, if they're being supervised, you you probably are not a contractor. You're and wouldn't you're an you be able to pay a contractor by the task rather than the hour? Yeah. Isn't that pretty typical for yeah, a contractor? You Look, you've got this that. job to do. Is it? You do the job. I, I mean, it depends on the job, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's often defined in terms of project, right? So mm-hmm. that's another factor. Um, so, I mean, I... What tax are they accusing you of avoiding? Um, so they said they've been watching the place, and they know that... Um, I show up every day around the same time and leave every day around the same time. And they know that I was there last year and I didn't claim this on their ta- on my taxes. Are we talking about Georgia state taxes? No, Tennessee state taxes. Tennessee, okay. Tennessee yeah. income tax. So the way, it, wow. the way it works down here, I know every state's different, but um, when I file taxes, well, when, when I have a job that takes taxes out, mm-hmm. basically what happens, because I live so close to the border, I work in another state, right? And yep. I, they take out federal tax, they take out Georgia tax, and then they take out Tennessee tax. Wait, now, Tennessee's what? Kinda, yeah, so Tennessee's kind of weird, right? So Tennessee takes out uh, like 9% of what's left after the u.s and georgia okay but isn't that wouldn't that be like double taxation if you're being if you're working in one state but you're being taxed in another but so so it's it's income tax right so at the end of the year i get every penny back right so they're upset that i wasn't paying tax and they weren't getting to hold it so i they they pick me up, they, they handcuff me, they take me outside, they put me in a car, um, they make me sit there for like seven hours. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm sitting in the car for seven hours. I legitimately think that they've forgotten about me. Wow. I mean, um, you got to be able to go to the bathroom at some point. That's crazy. Yeah. And so they take me down to the, the jail. I'm like, right, I'll make bond. It's fine. Okay. So back up about a year and a half ago, I was released from jail on probation, felony probation, first offenders. Okay. 
my probation officer really leveled with me a couple months ago, and he goes, look, here's the deal. We are overbooked, understaffed. If you pay your fine off, I'll have you off in a month. Because you can carry whatever guns you want. You can do whatever you want. If you pay your fine off, and, like, I really didn't want to do it, but it was super enticing. Mm-hmm. Right? So I paid the fee, and, like, he was, he was good to his word. He was good to his word. I was off in, like, eight days. Okay. So I show up to my hearing, my, my, first, my first appearance. My wife has just been told where I'm at. This is right? seven hours after you got arrested? They actually had a hearing for you? No, 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 the next morning. Next morning. So they took you into the jail. Next morning you're at a, in front of a judge. Yeah, next morning I'm in front okay. of a judge. And they go, he was, he, he is, his sentence is still active. Oh, no. And I go, I go, no, it's not. Call the officer. His name is Officer Gibson. He's at this office. Call mm-hmm. him. I'm off probation. They made an argument that because in 2021 I was sentenced to X amount of years, they can hold me until that date ends. Not as a violation of probation? probation. You're saying they're they're saying you violated probation? Yeah. Uh-huh. So so two weeks later, I'm still in custody. Mm-hmm. But the, otherwise, the you're probation. saying you would have you believe if it weren't for the probation from a previous conviction that you would have been cut out on on bond on this recent arrest, but instead they held you in for two weeks. Yeah. So I mean, in I don't know about any other state, but I know Georgia and Tennessee. If it's a misdemeanor, they have to provide a bond. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. But they held and you. I don't know then about what any happened? Other... Two weeks later. So, so two weeks later, the probation officer shows up and goes, "He is not in my custody. He is." He is a free citizen, right? And I go, yep, I'm a free inhabitant. Mm-hmm. And so the judge goes, uh, what's the thing? Contempt of court, 72 hours. For saying inhabitant instead of citizen? Um, Because I was disrupting her courtroom with anarchist thoughts. What? So, so I go, that's fine. I've already done two weeks. Bond, please. She goes, bond is set at $50,000. For a tax evasion charge? No, no, no. For tax evasion, for, for unlawful possession of a weapon, oh. for concealed carrying a weapon, for all this stuff. So fast forward two weeks, probation officer's back there, right? Because the probation officer's a leg- okay, as good as you can be as a probation officer, he's that. Mm-hmm. He shows up with his boss, and they go, he's allowed to have a firearm. He's allowed to vote. He's allowed to do anything you're allowed. The Tennessee State Judge, or the, the Hamilton County Judge, maybe, no, City Chattanooga Judge, tells the probation officer, supervisor, that he's going to put him in contempt. Wow. He has no authority. He has no authority because he's a Georgia, he's a Georgia probation officer. So we immediately what? Like seventy-two hours. Hold on, just just a, another question of clarification here. The felony that you got convicted of was in Georgia, not Tennessee. Yeah. So yeah, what this judge is saying is because you are out of Georgia and now in Tennessee, that she's not going to honor what the probation officer said to you about how you can carry a gun and. You can vote and all that stuff. Yeah. 
So basically, so, she's seeing this as felon in possession of a firearm. This person, you know, got to go to prison. No, no, not felony possession of a firearm, unlawful possession of a firearm. So their argument was, I was in a public place where children can be, and I'm known to be violent. Therefore, I shouldn't be allowed a firearm. Wow. That in her interpretation of the law, the, the firearm line in my First Offenders Act, and so First Offenders is basically the first time you commit a felony, if you complete probation successfully, mm-hmm. you don't violate or anything like that, it, it all goes away. Got it. Got it. It doesn't really because you still have to like call the FBI and get them to recognize it so that you can go to a gun store and buy a gun, mm-hmm. but it, it acts that way. Okay. All right. Chris, you look confused. Is there something you uh, you have a question to clarify here? I, it, it just, the whole thing is sounds so insane. It is <clears> insane. <throat> I mean, that's the government for you. I, so how long did you end up staying in jail? Um. So let's see, about 19 days. Well, uh-huh. I, so I spent 19 days in Hamilton County. And then you finally got bond from the same judge, or was it a different judge? And so, no, so I, we, we escalated to Superior Court. I went to a bond hearing at Superior Court. The the He looks at it, and he goes, $50,000 seems really high. <laughs> and he, he looks at me, and he goes, we're going to look at your record. If you lie to me, if you lie to me, I'll revoke your bond. And I'll, and I'll charge you the contempt of court. You'll do 30 days. I said, mm-hmm. okay. Because if you're Iran, I said, no. He goes, when you know that you have a, when you know that you have a, um, a court hearing, you show up. I said, yeah. He goes, what's this failure to appear? I was like, and I, I explained to him the situation from several years back. I moved, I had a traffic ticket. They mailed it to the wrong address. Okay. So he let Whatever, you out. Right. So he let, he he let goes, you out. Oh, he goes, oh, all bond. And I go, sweet. Get back to the jail, and they go, hey, you have a hold on you from Porterdale, Georgia. I said, okay. So That means a town in Georgia has said they want you transferred? Yeah, the town that charged me with the felony, because I had felony unlawful, I had felony unlawful assembly. Right? We were protesting, and I was, quote-unquote, the organizer. Um, wow. I don't so want to, I don't want to get all the way into whatever that was. So <laughs> you ended up getting transferred to Georgia town at that point. Yeah. So, so I was transported. So in order to be transported across state lines, from my understanding, they have to get governor approval. Oh my God. Right. <laughs> so why do you think they transported me across state lines? Uh, well, George, Porterville, Georgia wanted you, right? I, I don't know. What do you mean? Double parking. Oh, that's what that's what the, the Georgia town wanted yeah. you for. Okay, so then you yeah. finally got bonded double... in Georgia. You got you got bailed out or whatever, and then you were out. Um, so they re- they refused me bond. So we escalated to Superior Court. You were refused Superior bond Court on a goes, parking ticket. I was refused bond on a parking ticket <laughs> because I had multiple outstanding warrants out of another state, which is untrue. I go to Superior Court that same day because people are raising raising cane. Mm-hmm. I go to Superior Court, and they're like, hey, he's free. Okay, so I live, they, they transported me six and a half hours south, right? What do you think the reasonable thing to do is? I uh, I mean, the, whatever it was, they didn't do it. I, I don't know. At this <laughs> yeah, point, they, I... they let me out in the middle of nowhere, Georgia, oh. and let me sit there. 
Um, of course. So I had to wait nine hours for my wife to come get me. Um, wow, man. So now you're facing, luckily, are these felony counts in, in Tennessee or all misdemeanor? So, um, my lawyer says that they're non-existent. The counts because are non-existent. Misdemeanor tax evasion. And misdemeanor tax evasion doesn't exist. Well, you sound like you got your your hands full here, man. I uh, I wish you the best with taking this on. This sucks. Uh, I mean, just absolutely insane that all you were doing was making pastries at a uh, pastry company, and they raided your raided the business, put you in handcuffs for making pastries without paying taxes you know, allegedly on that thank you Stephen, for telling it's, the it's so, story it's so it's crazy. absolutely crazy and yet at the same time I, it's so believable yeah you know yeah. it's like uh, this is government yeah you know this is this government is what they do. for you this is why you need to shrink government to basically nothing yeah in order to protect the people i mean new hampshire isn't perfect there's definitely problems with the state here but at least there's no local income tax yeah so there's no tax you know, evasion investigations as far as income taxes are concerned on local businesses. That doesn't mean there aren't crappy things that the state does here. They certainly do. But my God, what a what an absolute nightmare. Um, sorry to hear the story, but I'm glad you told it. Uh, let's talk to Rob in Vermont. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Rob. Thank you for taking my call. Yes, sir. So uh, we have a, a another gentleman that was... Uh, wrongfully convicted uh, out of Lowell, Mass. The story came out, says a Lowell man who was who spent more than 30 years in prison for a deadly uh, fire he did not commit was awarded a $13 million wrongful conviction settlement from the city. Whoa. Uh, apparently, this, what happened was this guy... Uh, came up upon this fire, this house fire, where I think like eight or nine people died in the fire. Ooh. The mm. local police later uh, detained him and used a language barrier to force him to confess to the crime. I don't know what that oh, means. Oh, no. no. That means they couldn't, they couldn't understand him very well, and so they made it seem like he can he. Through through being unable to communicate with this person because of a different language, they made it seem like, aha, he just admitted to it, <laughs> even though they can't really understand him. He came him. at me like he was going to hit me, even though the guy was just standing right there. Yeah, they're because, just making crap up. Yeah, it, it's it's literally just lying on the stand is, is probably what happened, or something to that yeah, effect. 13, did you say, how many millions? How, how many millions of dollars? He got $13 million. So a million dollars a year. Well, he spent thirty. He spent thirty years. Oh, thirty! I thought you said thirteen years. Okay, wow. So, so little less than half a million dollars to sit in Massachusetts state prison and have your life yeah. stolen from you. Half a million dollars a yep. year. It's, it's still it's insane. It is. How did it, it come it, out that it, uh, he was innocent? Do you know anything about the those details? Um, well, the story goes on. I didn't really get into a lot of the other story, but it says in 2014, a judge exonerated uh, finding there was no actual evidence of arson. That happened in 2014, oh. and he just got out in 2023? Uh, yeah, that's what it sounds like. Wow. Jeez. And, and not surprising. Again, this is yeah. how this is how messed up the system is. Thank you, Rob, yeah, for sharing that. 
What else? Yeah, it says Tuesday night. It says uh, Lowell, uh, the city of Lowell uh, agreed to pay him $13 million. But I don't think that's anywhere near what he deserves. No. And the sad part is it's coming out of the taxpayers instead of the thug cops that actually did this to him. They're just sitting there retired, probably. It should come out of their pensions. Thank you, Rob, for the call tonight. I am sorry to hear that story, but at least he did get out rather than, you know, spending. It would be an interesting way to deal with those problems there. is having it coming out of the pension funds for the for, for the officers just in mm. general. Yeah. You know, if there's a $13 million, okay, well, where's that money come from? It shouldn't come from the state, the state budget right. or city budget. It should come from the pension funds. Uh, Chris, you've got a story tonight you wanted to share about another potential regulatory bill on the the world of the Internet, this particular case, social media. And regardless of what you think about social media, I mean, some people think it's uh, it's bad, it's addictive, bad for children, etc. Well, uh, it should be something that is let alone and you should be able to handle your own addictions. But the government is wanting to step in. Yeah. Um, I, I don't even know. Yeah. But let me here's the so this is from Tech Policy Press. It's uh, titled U.S. Senators uh, Debut Protecting Kids on Social Media Act, but it doesn't just affect kids. Um, I'm sure <laughs> not it's going to inconvenience everyone. Yeah. And so, I'm just saying that without knowing anything about it. Uh, yeah. So just the, prediction. Introduce the Protecting Kids on Social Media Act, which says its purpose is to require that social media platforms verify the age of their users, yep. not just kids, their users, prohibit the use of algorithmic recommendation systems on individuals under age 18 and require parental or guardian consent for social media users under age 18 and prohibit users who are under the age of 13 from accessing social media platforms. Let's talk about all that coming up here in uh, hour number three. If you want to weigh in, maybe you support this bill. The number is 603-283-6160. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. You can join the show. You can bring up whatever you want. Getting off the third hour. Phone number here is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Social media. It's got its problems. No doubt about it. Uh, we, uh, Our Thursday night co-host, Jay Noon, he's very critical of social media. He says that kids should not be allowed on social media until they're in their teenage years and uh but the difference between jay noon and what we're about to talk about here is jay would not use the government to force his beliefs on anyone else that is exactly what the senators in the united states senate are talking about doing chris you've got a story from a tech site go ahead and give them credit if you uh, don't mind again it, this is yeah. This is the uh, let's see technology or the tech policy press, and they are looking at a new bill that is going to force people to identify themselves just to simply access social media, among other things. Can you reread that that sort of introductory sentence so we can bring yeah. people up to speed? So um, let's see. Here. Uh, so the. It, it, the bill says its purpose is to require that social media platforms verify the age of their users, prohibit the use of algorithmic recommendation systems on individuals under age 18, require parental or guardian consent for social media users under age 18, and prohibit users who are under age 13 from accessing social media platforms. So a blanket prohibition 
on people under 13, even though they will be allowing, if this passes, even though they'll be allowing other teenagers on the site with parental permission. But what they're saying is parents can't even give permission under this bill yeah. for someone who is 12 or, or younger. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's that crazy. Like, yeah. crazy. I mean, these are... I, control freak is probably like an understatement for you know the people who would be proposing something like this. I think. Um, it's, yeah, I hope they it's, get into some. I hope this story has some quotes from these senators to justify what they're doing and why. I mean, it, and you have to remember if if a site is is, is uh, it becomes liable right for for this for for verifying the age of users. That means they can't just verify people who are under 18. They got to verify all everyone users. Yeah. Which then begs the question, well, how do they do that? And uh, driver's license, you yeah. know, um, you know, so at least a driver's license mm-hmm. number or some sort of verification service like you might uh find with signing up for a crypto exchange maybe or a bank yep. or something like that. Um uh, you know, um, or maybe, maybe, maybe they can get away with a credit card, but I don't know because under 18s can have credit cards. So, not very common, but you know, also, how are you going to verify a teenager who doesn't have a driver's license further? Like, if it's okay, uh, if the parent can say, yeah. okay, my 14 year old son is allowed to use Facebook, check, you know, I'll check this box, I'll give my own ID to prove that I'm the parent. How do you prove? Are you going to have to drag out a birth certificate here? Let's hear I more mean, about and this. Then the, and then the, the bigger question is, well, how are you going to enforce this on entities outside the United States? And then the next question is probably going to be like, okay, well, so the reality is you can't. You can't. But I mean, how many American kids want to go sign up for VK in Russia? I mean, they're probably going to either somehow, if it's able, if you're if you make it weak enough, they're going to lie or right um, in that. All they have to do is click a box that says I'm I am over eighteen, right? <laughs> or, is that what they're proposing, though? Well, it's not entirely clear here, mm-hmm. but if there's liability, they're probably the assumption is that they that they are. I suspect there are certain going to have to have something that's more than a, a box that says I'm over right. eighteen. Right, and, and, so, and I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say that there's probably these companies you referenced them. There's yep. these cryptocurrency sites and maybe some banks. Where you, when you sign up, they want you to show your ID. They want you to like take a picture of yourself or do like a live video verification to what is an automated system. There's not another human on the other end of it. It's just a, an automated system that checks your, your image against the image on your driver's license and or checks it against a database or, or whatever. And and then it approves you or it doesn't approve you. Right? I haven't encountered that. I have encountered a live human version of that, though. Where there's an actual person, actual person, uh, webcam to webcam. This is on a crypto exchange. uh, I don't know what it was, but it was rare. uh, Yeah, I had to hold up the driver's license and like move it and turn Mm -hmm. it just perfectly so that he could see like the security features and stuff. I guess on it, that's unusual. I've never seen that on a cryptocurrency exchange because it's there's so many signups. It would be very hard to have an actual human being. Well, it's a service. It was a service that was connected to some sort of exchange or similar. Right, and these are all services. So it wasn't none, none the of these exchange are, doing it. It right, was a third none party. of these are the, the exchange. They're right. all third party services. And I'm just gonna guess that some of these third party services are the ones that are paying off these senators to get this bill through. So they will guarantee business from every social media platform doing business. Yeah, in the I've United heard States. of this. I think in the UK actually, where they tried to do something like that too. So and- there's been an age verification system in in place in the UK for porn for. 
couple of years, I think. Yeah. yeah. So um, I, I don't know that it is as severe as this, though. But anyway, the growing evidence is clear. Social media is making kids more depressed and wreaking havoc on their mental health. Okay, so if it is, then get off social media, right? Like, you don't need a government to tell you that you can't use social media to not to, to get off of social media, right? Like, I are all kids <laughs> depressed by social media, or is it just the ones who are already depressed who become more depressed because they're on social media? I, I mean, this argument just seems so ridiculous to me because nobody is. I, unless I'm mistaken and their schools are like mandating you use social media. And then at that point, why don't you just remove the mandate as mm-hmm. opposed to prohibiting it? Like it just doesn't make any sense. Well, kids are suffering. Social media companies are profiting. Yeah. Really? You know, all, all I'm thinking of is there's a lot of people profiting um, and it's the psychologists. It's, you know, the, the government. I'm pretty sure Twitter hasn't ever made it's, a profit. What, what's that? Twitch? I'm pretty well, sure Twitter's never made a profit. Everybody but the, the social media companies, maybe. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. They're claiming the social medias are profiting. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if they are. Yeah. This needs to stop, said Senator Schutz in a press statement. Our bill will help us to stop this growing social media health crisis among kids by setting a minimum age and preventing companies from using algorithms to automatically feed. You know, it's, it's just sort of funny in that like an algorithm, I mean, algorithms literally like everything you do, there's an algorithm behind it, right? Sure. Like, I mean, they're saying they just want, they want, if, if a teenager is going to be allowed by their parents to sign up for one of these sites, it's scaremongering. They're, they're saying that you have to only feed them, what they've followed on, as far as what, whichever friends they followed on the site you can only feed them that you cannot make a suggestion that they follow this other person or you cannot make a suggestion that they see this other post by the post that your friend liked so they're just going to cut off the sort of exploratory experience of using social media is what it sounds like to me because they might see something that's bad yeah sounds like they're I banning guess. social media because <laughs> no kids would ever share with one another outside of social media prohibited items or bad things right no teenagers would ever step outside the bounds of the law no teens would ever find a social media website to use that isn't one of the mainstream ones like if you're banned like i know how i was when i when i was a teenager if some government uh thug had said you can't use this whatever it was right like we didn't have social media when i was a teenager but you know, oh, you can't use your calculator, your TI-82 calculator or something. I would have figured out when, how, and where I could still use the calculator, right? Like, and the same thing's true with teenagers. Maybe they would go to VK. I don't know. But I bet you they'd find an app that was that was unrestricted that no one had ever heard of because no one had heard of TikTok yeah. until all of a sudden I, uh, the teenagers in the you know early 20-somethings went to TikTok. And it wouldn't surprise me if they hopped to that because of other, you know, dumb regulations or you know school policies or that or that type of thing you know it's like okay you ban facebook and now where do they have to go they 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 just go to twitter or um uh tiktok right you know i mean this is this is this is so stupid the bill excludes a variety of digital media products and services not designated as social media including video conferencing platforms okay so they're gonna go to those instead like i subscription content services they're going to regulate video conferencing 
Is that what you? They're what not going to regulate video conferencing platforms. So oh, they're not. I, I mean, okay. I'm guessing they can just go to YouTube or although I don't know. Like, I guess YouTube doesn't really have the social no, media it's not really. Yeah. Um. Well. Yeah. All right. I guess that's not conferencing. Mm-hmm. Um. But anyway, video conferencing platforms. Um. Let's see here. Subscription content services, video game platforms, news sites, travel and commerce sites. Educational platforms, messaging services, and other interactive services that deliver content to an end user, presumably such as chatbots. Hmm, interesting. Social media sites must take reasonable steps. I, you know, I, I love these choice of words. It's the like, reasonable what, steps of reasonable? forcing these people to completely change their business model. And implement uh, age checking, age verification systems that they've never implemented before. That is what the government considers to be reasonable. So, so it does actually go on a little bit further here. And this is what they're considering. It sounds like reasonable. Uh, so they have to go beyond merely requiring attestation of a user's age. Right. So Usually the you checkbox, can't just have a click right? Box. Yeah. yeah. You can't just I click am a box. over 13. Box. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You can't just click a box that says I'm That's over That's what 13. it's been for 25 years, by the way, since the mid-1990s Yeah. Uh, when, uh, what was it, COPA or something like that, the Children's it's, Online it's, Protection Act? Yeah. I think that law was gutted, but like one of the things that part of it that wasn't gutted uh, in the Supreme Court ruling was like that checkbox, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's crazy, but <laughs> yeah, taking into account existing age verification technologies, information gathered for age verification cannot be, re- and, and then they put restrictions on what you can do with this mm-hmm. cannot be retained or used for any other purpose. And there is no requirement for the use of government IDs. So okay, what, are they gonna, what are they going to use if not government IDs? Wait a minute. So it can't be retained or used for any other purpose? I mean, that sounds like they can still retain it for the purposes of age verification. Right. I, I, maybe I'm just not seeing how it's written, but... Well, this isn't the law. This is a summary of, yeah. a, of what it is, yeah. I guess. But yeah. Existing accounts enjoy a grace period of two years, after which they must be verified. Oh, Children under age 13 may view social media sites as long as they are not required to have an account. So if you enjoyed having some relative anonymity on social media sites, because there's a lot of there's a lot of, uh, you know, bots or whatever that just auto post things to Twitter accounts or whatever, you know, various different services that just they're not humans. They're not advertising to be humans. They're just, a, you know, they're just propaganda, whatever they are. Those are going to have to now ID themselves or individuals who wanted to be anonymous on these systems are now going to have to provide ID in order to post. The crazy thing is I I always remember, you know, when I was young thinking I should not. And I and it was kind of like a role of the Internet. You don't put your name out there. Right. Yeah. That's the old. You don't use you don't use your real name. You that's been gone for years. Nick. Right. Right. And, um, you know, if anything, I think the, the problem is that. It's requiring this sort of this identification thing. People, young people, everybody, I don't even think it's just young people should be creating pseudonyms. Yeah. Uh, you know, to protect themselves to, to some degree. I but think. if this passes, then you will not have that freedom. Right. The bill, the bill does require parental or guardian consent for minors to establish accounts. And that consent must be possible to revoke. Algorithmic recommendations based on age data are prohibited. Wow. So they have to serve the same content to younger viewers that they serve to their adult viewers? 
Uh, yeah, it's hard to understand. I think based on what they said early on, they're saying that the prohibition is against any algorithmic serving of content to people under the age of 18. That was what they said early on in the, but in the story. How is I think it even that's social what they're media? I don't even know if I would, if that would be social media at that point. They're like, trying to cripple the these uh, these platforms. Yes, yeah, are prohibited, but contextual data can be utilized to make recommendations. Contextual data. Okay, I don't know what that means. I I would I would have thought that would be like things that are in the message, maybe or something Perhaps. like that. Um, let's see, based on age data. So I guess if you post, I don't know something. Wouldn't it I'm, be I'm, an this algorithm? Goes back a ways, but if wouldn't, you post, wouldn't it be an algorithm that determines what contextual data that you're? I would think you know? so. I mean, this is also stupid. I'm guessing what they mean is if somebody posts a message about Pokemon in their, you know, in the content on their social media, then they'll thing, see some other. Then they Pokemon. can see Pokemon ads or something mm-hmm. like that, maybe. But they won't be able to. It won't be, which just seems to be. I don't know. It just seems crazy to me, like that you would allow this but not that. Like I don't know. The bill also would. It's all arbitrary. It, it is. The bill would also task the Commerce Department with establishing a secure digital identification pilot program that would permit <laughs> parents and guardians to verify their relationship to a minor across Whoa. participating platforms. Like, I mean, the amount of information. A government service, a government yep. technical service that allows parents to identify themselves as being the parents of a specific child. The amount of information that they're demanding, uh, you know, that websites obtain Mm -hmm. is like this is like this is this is dangerous this is like 1984 like i was just thinking the same thing i was just thinking they're just thinking the same thing this sounds like laying the groundwork for a social credit score right because if everybody on social media has to be identified if they're going to tell people they're shutting down accounts that will not identify themselves within two years of this being uh put into law then it will be to where everyone has to have an ID on file. Everybody's passed the the government test. All the the children are linked in with their parents. So now we can identify all the children on these sites. And so everybody's going to have, you know, if they want to turn on a government uh, credit score system or, uh, you know, like China has, right? Mm, A social social score, then it's just going to be another bill before every... Every platform has to obey that. They'll system. already have that information. It's it's it, they're not they're not doing it all at once. They're doing it in small steps, so you can't yeah. see how it's how it's you know being brought yeah. or introduced. That's I um, think that's what they're doing here. They're they're laying the groundwork for it. Yeah, you know, kind of kind of reminds me of um, uh, what is it? Uh, the I want to say TSA, not TSA. Uh, the IDs, the real ID, mm-hmm. kind of reminds me of that. You know, they they keep delaying it year after year after yep. year. But it keeps getting rolled out slowly. Yeah, uh-huh. Little by little, states, they're chipping they're away. All, yeah. uh, you know, it's something that I believe there's an argument that it's unconstitutional. Um, so, mm. but uh, it's uh, there's more to the story, but the piece will be updated. <laughs> so we don't have more at the moment. Mm. But apparently there's a lot more to this bill. Oh, boy. We, yeah, we don't well, yet know. <laughs> well, right. I mean, it is just a bill, so it could get worse. Could get better. But even if it's better, it's still going to be bad, right? Like it's even if they remove a part of it here and there, or they were, you know, they don't go all the way with what they're planning on doing. It will still be steps towards total control. It will be steps towards uh, government regulation of social media. Which, I mean, look, we've all got our critiques of social media, right? Like, you know, we like our own servers, for instance. And what about us? What about running a Mastodon server? Is this only going to apply to the big? Or is this going to apply everywhere to anyone running a social media platform? It didn't say anything about that in the story. So presumably everybody, but who knows? Yeah. Um, 
yeah, I mean, you know, and and the the thing is, like, if we look back at the '90s, there was uh, like I don't, I I couldn't list at this point all the bills uh, that they went through, but they kept passing bill after bill after bill involving uh, pornographic websites and mm-hmm. age verification, and it well, first of all, it didn't work, but it didn't stop even after they rolled out the Supreme Court rolled it unconstitutional. They literally they tweaked the bill and then they passed it and then it got ruled unconstitutional again. And then they they basically started literally passing the same exact bill that has already ruled unconstitutional with wow. a different name. And basically basically what these what the bills did, the, the essence of it is it required uh, people to provide a credit card number or something mm-hmm. of that nature in order to uh, you know access porn sites, which which is really disturbing for adults and privacy and everything else. Um but if if the Supreme Court has said that they cannot require pornography companies to verify age, right? If they can't require that in a bill, what makes it what makes this constitutional where that isn't? This bill right because now this that you're is talking even, about. This is even more draconian than that. Yeah. Uh well, I mean, it's like you said, there's no punishment for the politicians to do the exact same thing again. Even yep. though the Supreme Court has ruled, as you're saying here, and I'm not, I'm not intimately familiar with the case, but you're saying it was like COPA or whatever, the 90s Children Online Protection yeah. Act, a lot well, of that stuff got overturned. There, it wasn't one bill or one law. They passed it again, and they passed different laws. Or, well, some of them were slightly tweaked, but mm-hmm. it was basically the same same set of it was the, the same, same concept. Law. Yeah, the yeah. same thing is basically in each of those bills, and they kept getting ruled unconstitutional. Right, but it, the thing is, it takes time before a thing gets ruled unconstitutional. It does. Right? It does. You got to go through the court system, that, which could take five, ten years. That, well, or that interestingly enough happened very quickly when it comes to you know usually stuff takes a long time to hit right. the Supreme Court. That didn't really. Um. Yeah, and I don't know like why they that escalated was. it or something. Um, maybe some because reason? it was a constitutional thing, and huh. I, I'm not sure. But yeah, somehow somehow that got through the. I mean, I mean, it was still like over a decade. But maybe, look what happened. But- just what happened with Utah. I mean, the we had Alu call about it tonight. Apparently, they were talking about it on the Wednesday night show. Is Utah now has a law that requires age verification for porn sites? And you just said that this didn't work in the 1990s. That, uh, that was at the federal level too. Yeah. Now they're just trying it again at the state level. Now it's implemented. Now apparently, there's some porn sites that are just saying, "Look, if you got a Utah-based IP, we're just not even going to serve you." Yep. Rather than try to change their business model, and because it would have to apply, it would be very hard to do and to just one state. It's only enforceable within the United States. Mm-hmm. So if you're operating a porn site that's outside the United States, you're not going to comply anyway because right. you have there's no ability of Utah to enforce something in another country. Generally, if if there's not some sort of treaty, uh, and usually there has to be a law in that country. But that so, aside, even but if what you said was true about the law. '90s, if they found that that was illegal or that was unconstitutional to mandate age verification on porn sites yep. in the 1990s, it was a restriction then, on adults was the problem. Then it's still unconstitutional today, right? And so in theory, yeah, Utah is going to get overturned presumably at some point, but. Yep. In the meantime, the regime is there. It's in place. They're mandating this, and it's going to stay there until somebody goes up to the Supreme Court and challenges Utah. So they get away with it, essentially. Exactly. I can tell you exactly what's going to happen. I mean, what's going to happen is you're going to have some social media sites that are operating in the United States comply with the law, Mm -hmm. um, probably, unless they just ban Utah, which might also be a possibility. Wait, Um, are we talking about the social media or the porn ban? Sorry. I'm well, I guess sure. we're talking about the porn ban in in, in Utah, at least okay. in that example. 
Um, but at the same time, it's not going to stop people from accessing the porn sites outside the United States. It doesn't even do what it's a, it's, it's supposedly advertised to do, which is to protect kids because the kids can go, whether we're talking about porn in Utah or we're talking about the social media thing, they can just go and use a social media site that's not in the United States. That's not operated from the they United States. They can go and get porn from all kinds of different places. Yeah, right? like, they can go outside the United States. They can go to, uh, you know, go to Mastodon instances. Yeah. Uh, they could go, you know, there's so Torrance. many other ways. It's not like, you know, and it, young people do hop. They will hop from one mm-hmm. social media platform to another. We've seen it time and time again. They're the ones who decide what the hot social media platform <laughs> right. is. At one time, it was Facebook, and then the younger people went somewhere else. It went to TikTok or whatever it was that came after Facebook. They decide these things, and they yep. will decide. They will continue to decide yep. these things. Uh, if you want to join the show here, you can. The number is 603-283-6160. You can bring up whatever is on your mind. The federal government continuing to go after cryptocurrency exchanges. There's a couple of new, just a couple of quickies I'll share with you on the way on who they've targeted now, who they're going after. Uh, the number is 603-283-6160. You can bring up whatever's on your mind here. This is Free Talk Live. Join us here. We got time for you, but you got to dial in shortly. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160 here tonight. It's Ian and Chris. And also want to say a big thanks to Mark Warden and Porcupine Real Estate. If you've been thinking about making the move up here to New Hampshire, joining the Free State Project, or maybe you're not a joiner and you just want to come on up here anyway because you know this is the place to be if you love liberty, and you got some questions, well, they've got some answers for you about what is it like to be here. They're going to be having a series of seminars, or webinars, if you will, uh, that uh, they're actually already having the series, but they've got more coming. And they're going to cover a different uh, series of topics, including gun freedom, medical freedom, political freedom victories, best practices for moving to the free state, and of course, finding housing. They're super helpful, and they're free to attend. All you have to do is get registered over at move.freetalklive.com. That is the URL that will take you right over to the Porcupine Real Estate Seminar registration page, and you can get signed up there for free. That's move.freetalklive.com. If you want to see what they've been doing, you can watch their previous webinars by going to their youtube channel which is called porcupine real estate and once again go get signed up for the upcoming seminars at move.freetalklive.com as we go to your calls and thoughts david in new mexico you're on free talk live go ahead david yeah i want to address uh questions of law that you brought up on your program tonight but first of all uh unfinished business so don't dead name me uh i'm not david in new mexico i've transitioned (laughs) And uh, my chosen uh, identity to which to transfer has uh, been questioned, and I don't quite understand why. What is your what's your new to, name? Well, my new name for now. I'll I'll transition again in the future when I feel like it. <laughs> um, but for now, and you had an objection to it before, so let me give it in. an uh, usually I just worry about the FCC. The FCC is not worried about any of these words, but uh, but Ian is. So I will eliminate. One of the words, which will be the three-letter word that has A's and S's in it, that's a, a, a name, a, a proper name for uh-huh. a donkey, yeah. um, and it's slang for human buttocks. Okay. Um, and I, I, at the moment, until I transition again, I am a major 
pain in the sleep. Uh, and so, uh, uh, since I, I can't be who I want to be, I wanted to ask you, Ian, uh, since the FCC allows it, what is objectionable about pain in the bleep? Uh, well, I don't know if the FCC allows that, actually. They, I know they do. How do you know that? Because I know lots of law, um, which I'll when we get when we're the done FCC with this, isn't based on law; object. they're uh, it's regulations. <laughs> regulations are are uh, uh, by law uh, have the weight of law. Well, uh, the thing wrong. is with the FCC, there's not a specific list. Okay, so there's no specific list of words that you can't say. However, there are certain words that are generally considered you shouldn't be saying on the radio. And the but, word you're referring to, unless you're referring to a donkey, is could be considered pandering to kind of like a, a prurient interest, even though you could argue that you weren't using it with with that intention. And it's just it's just not worth. Uh, yeah, I think the old Clear Channel uh, Corporation policy was when in doubt, leave it out. And that's what I'm gonna. That's my ruling on that particular use of uh, of that I mean, word. It's not okay, even. It's well, not then. even like it's it's the. It's not even like it's it's by choice, right? Because you would be endangering, we would be endangering uh, the radio stations that carry the show. That's true, so, because the fines, if they were to be issued, would be issued against the stations and not Free Talk Live. Right. So there is that. And then the other thing is, even if there were no FCC, you would still probably see radio stations putting in restrictions on what their DJs or talk show hosts could say simply because they have to keep their advertisers happy and presumably their advertisers would rather be on a family-friendly radio station than kind of like what happened with YouTube. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway. Okay. Well, what else? Well, we will we will work around it. Let me give you one last comment on that since I heard you out and um I think that there my comment is that I think there are probably uh, however many listeners you have out there, a good percentage of them that are laughing right now because they hear uh, and being in friendly language, they hear pain in the donkey frequently on all broadcast media, and nobody ever questions it except for Ian. So, right. well, we I'm just going to call Ian. you a pain in the butt. How about that? Well, you can do that for now until I decide uh, uh, what my new identity will be that I will transition. What else to. were you calling about tonight? Uh, law that you're talking about. Uh, a couple of you raised a couple of questions. One of them. Um, you uh, said something about you were surprised that the Supreme Court was seeing something so quickly. My understanding of law involving the Supreme Court is they have the power to see whatever they want, whenever they want to. So if yeah. they see something that, that has a compelling public interest, they can see it uh, immediately if they I want see. to. Yeah, so, I mean, I know we, that's true. Um, it, it, there's uh, Usually, though, they don't take cases that haven't been ruled by lower uh, circuit courts um and you mean there's ruled a conflict. contrarily yeah yeah, one, yeah right exactly there's a conflict between what the different circuit courts have ruled in but they still could parts of the united they states could but you're saying they usually don't right okay yeah they're they're and uh for for my sake chris would you would you please restate that in one sentence what you just said please uh so usually the supreme court of the united states does not hear cases um where the issues that are subject to um, questions are have not been heard in multiple different circuit courts 
meaning uh, different parts of the United States. Because Heard and ruled differently, courts. right? Meaning one right. Uh, appeals court in the First Circuit rules one way, but the appeals court in the Fifth Circuit rules the reverse of the First Circuit. Then they're definitely going to hear the case. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I okay. don't know about definite, but likely. Mm-hmm. Understood. And like I said, I, I, I can't cite you uh, word by word the, the exact verbiage that, that is available. And there's also uh, implicit rules that are not even written down that govern the way they act. But if there was, for instance, and, and well, first of all, there, there are things that uh, uh, types of legal actions where the Supreme Court itself has the, the very first jurisdiction on particular questions. And I can't cite what they are, what my story, I just know that mm. that situation exists. Um, also, there may be things that arise that need a court's ruling that are happening right this second. And in order to save lives, a court needs to make a ruling right now. And, and it's, and it's uh, of a nature where the most appropriate court would be the Supreme Court of the entire country as opposed, as opposed to any of the lower courts that might end up uh, sending them something uh, in, in due time. Uh, but like I said, there may, there may be no time. It needs a ruling within literally within minutes. There might be a, a situation like that. Do you have any examples um, of that? Because I'm kind of curious what that might be. I, I don't. I can, I can, I can hypothesize. Let's, let's say, for instance, the president of the United States wants to go kill 10,000 people in a given country, and, he, and that's what they're in the process of doing, and somebody within the military uh, is highly aware that this is highly illegal, and they manage to get it to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court issues an order st- stopping the president from going and killing those 10,000 people. That that comes that's something that I created out of thin air, which uh, which is a plausible scenario, which I believe uh, uh, would fill in for actual uh, actual knowledge of an actual real in- incident that has happened in the past. Thank you, David, so for the call sounds- tonight, or a major pain in the butt. Thank you for the call tonight. <laughs> Continue here, Sarah, in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, hold on, just a minute. Yep, yeah, no problem. We got all the time in the world here. Um. Anyways, um, um, I just want to say that Albuquerque police were getting thirty brand new drones. You're uh, getting thirty brand new drones. Are they going to keep one at your house? Well, I Albuquerque Police Department. Do you work for them? Huh? Are you working for them now? No, no, no. I'm not working. But they decided. Well, why would you say we're getting thirty brand new drones? Well, because I live here in the city. But you're not I the police. Talk- you're not like a voluntary police officer, are you? You're not in the posse, right? No, but our our city, what I'm saying is our city, I happen to live here. I vote here, so it's kind of like... I, yeah, I but you don't, you're not going to get to play with the drone. They're not going to no, give no, you the no. control pad. You're not going to get to fly the thing, right? But they are going to go after... They, the there you go. Through. That's how you say it. They are going to get 30 drones. They are going to force taxpayers to pay for 30 drones, (laughs) and then they are going to use them to force those very same taxpaying people to pay even more money to the city of Albuquerque or the Albuquerque Police Department for other things that are completely, you know, victimless acts like speeding and whatever other nonsense they're going to go after people with. Yeah, that one of the things they're going to use for is for drag racing, and then they have 
30 other things they're going to use the drone for. How do you drag race a drone? Oh, she means they're going to watch the drag races. Oh, okay. Right, right. They'll have videos. They'll have cameras. Because um, the cops are too chicken to actually go in there and arrest the dragsters. So they're going to use a drone to fly in and identify people and then go and get them later on. Oh, see, I thought it was for well, entertainment I, I purposes, know. maybe. You know, they'd film the, the drone, or the drones would film the drag racers oh, no, 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 and no. then they'd publish them on youtube for us to all to watch well that, the dragsters probably do that but no the, the police aren't interested in entertainment then why am i paying them well, i mean they, they have to have proof i mean how can you catch a drag racer when they speed sped away after they drag race they disappear you gotta ca- i mean it causes a lot of accidents when they have a drone they probably have a like a microscopic camera or something, they could zoom in the license plate. I mean, you could just stand car. there and, and you could write down license plate numbers. You you could be there at the drag race and you could identify people's well, you know cars. They, it's not hard well, to do. Well, the thing is the, the spectators, they block the roads so that they won't allow any cars or the police in. That's Have you ever of heard tactic. of an, uh, a, a plainclothes detective or a plainclothes officer? Uh, yeah, I heard of it. But, yeah, you know, they could do that like the, if they wanted to. Yeah, they definitely don't need the yeah. drones. No, they just want to yeah, spend all kinds of money and give their police uh, contractors, these big tech companies that are manufacturing these drones, probably selling them to them at 10 times uh, what they uh, what they cost. Thank you for the call tonight, Sarah. The number here is 603-283-6160. I said I got a couple updates on the continuing attack on cryptocurrency companies. Chris, we've been following in recent weeks the uh, just this ongoing assault against all things crypto in the United States. And uh, they're not letting up. I mean, it was like maybe there's like a week that went by where there was no a new announcement of a new SEC lawsuit um, and I mean, just to recap what we've we've discussed in the last several months is very, very difficult. They've they've gone after library. They're going after Coinbase. They're going after Binance and it's different agencies. It's the SEC for most of them, but also the CFTC. The what is the CFTC? Commodities Futures Trading Commission. Oh, yeah. they're going after okay. Binance, which is the world's I, you largest. Know, it, there's so many. I want to say three letter. It's not three letters, but there's so many three letter agencies. I don't know how anybody keeps track of them all. Well, here's another one for you. This one's actually a four letter agency. Uh, it's not the ones we were just telling you about. This is the Office of Foreign Asset Control, OFAC, which is a department of the United States Treasury. They have announced, according to Cointelegraph.com, that cryptocurrency exchange Poloniex. You remember them? They came here to New Hampshire a few I years do. ago. Yeah, uh, they were they were testifying against us. Uh, they agreed to pay seven point six million dollars in a settlement to the federal government to the Office of Foreign Asset Control related to what they alleged was more than sixty five thousand apparent violations of sanctions. So according to OFAC, in a May 1st notice, they said the $7.6 million would be used to settle Poloniex's civil case for alleged violations of U.S. sanctions against Crimea, Cuba, Iran, Sudan, and Syria. According to the government uh, thugs, Poloniex allowed users in the sanctioned jurisdictions to conduct more than $15 million worth of digital asset trades, deposits, and withdrawals between January of 2014 in November of 2019. I wonder what they mean by allow. 
They didn't stop it, apparently. According to OFAC, Poloniex did not retroactively screen users who had registered at the exchange when they launched in January of 2014, and once it established a sanctions compliance program in May of 2015, leading to the apparent violations. Poloniex's violations were not voluntarily self-disclosed, nor egregious, they claim. Although Poloniex made efforts to identify and restrict accounts with a nexus to Iran, Cuba, Sudan, Crimea, and Syria pursuant to its compliance program, certain customers apparently located in these jurisdictions continued to use Poloniex's platform to engage in online digital asset-related transactions, said the notice. So apparently Poloniex is obligated to prohibit what are probably just normal people in Iran or wherever from being able to simply make a cryptocurrency trade. I wonder tra- how uh, they trade. came to that conclusion, too, because somebody could have signed up in Iran, left Iran, mm-hmm. and how would... You know, how would they even have, how would the exchange have even have known that? Oh, presumably they would have to show a passport. Yeah, but the passport doesn't tell you where you are. It only tells you what True. country you're. And I don't believe that. Yeah, the are Iranians are restricted? On all Iranians, right? It's just, yeah, yeah. Are you a restricted person if you're from Iran but you live in the UK? Right, and and they wouldn't know that probably mm-hmm. based on you know the information that was available. Right. So that's a great point. You know, the government's just jumping to conclusions and saying, "Hey, more than likely, anyway, you know, these people are, are because they have Iranian passports, they must be there must be a violation here." Well, they're paying up. I mean, they uh, probably could have gone to court, but that's going to cost them probably more than seven point six million dollars. Yeah. Uh, Stablecoin issuer Circle acquired Poloniex in 2018, after which time OFAC's investigation concluded. The firm's compliance measures, quote, further improved, unquote, specifically by closing accounts with IP addresses operating in Crimea. A group of investors, which included Tron founder Justin Sun, purchased the firm from Circle in 2019. So it's changed hands a few times. Uh, crypto exchange Kraken agreed to a $362,000 settlement with OFAC in November of 2022 related to similar apparent violations in Iran. And that is not all. There's another one here. Bitflyer USA fined $1.2 million by the New York Department of Financial something or other services, NYDFS. That's a five-letter uh, agency. $1.2 million, which, I mean, it seems like a chump change in comparison to what we were just talking about. But still, uh, they were fi- fined for failing to meet New York's state cybersecurity requirement. Wait, what? The financial regulator said they failed to meet those regulations despite having a license to operate in New York. Oh, that's the mistake they made. By asking for permission and then becoming liable for all that crap? Yeah, operate well, operating in New York, period. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, NYDFS did acknowledge Bitflyer stepped up their cybersecurity. Their exchange, the exchange presented the regulator with a remediation plan, which aims to make them compliant with the state's cybersecurity laws by the end of the year. So there's another 1.2 million going into the pockets of a government agency. I just think it's interesting the Poloniex story, especially with 7.6 million. OFAC, this is the you know the government agency that ostensibly is protecting us from terrorism, right? <laughs> like this is they're going after terrorists, they're stopping terrorists from uh, being able to do financial things, and so that's the justification for you know their rules, right? Oh, we're sanctioning these countries because they're 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 okay with terrorism, and so therefore we got to stop them from using cryptocurrency trades. And it's like, 
All this company had to do was pay $7.6 million, and all the issues were wiped away. It gets even crazier, though, when you think about this, because they can't stop fraudsters you know, from, you know, profiting from little old ladies. How, how are they planning right. to stop Iran or, you know, Crimea or Russia or, you know, any of these countries? Like technically capable right. technically spy sophisticated comp- agencies. countries yeah. from, from, yeah. from, you know, it, this is just insane. As it, though a terrorist has never heard of a VPN. Right. right? The or only, a terrorist can't get a fake passport. The only people this punishes is americans it's well, no, punishes american normal companies. people well it punishes the companies in america but it, it punishes like somebody in iran who is against the iranian government is punished here, yeah right right, right. okay they, they want to they want to get by bitcoin so they yep. can avoid the iranian government's taxes or they're you know paying into the t- the torture or whatever it is that their government is doing over there they're prohibited from using this this service so there's pro- it doesn't matter who they are if they're in iran or they're in crimea cuba sudan or syria they're not allowed to have financial freedom according to the united states and that's that's a real tragedy for the because there's a lot of people in those countries that are not in favor of their regimes right mm. Same thing's true here in America. Not not everybody supports the regime in the uh, in the United States. But the but you 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 bring up the crypto six. You sort of reference these uh, elderly people who got scammed online, and of course they want to wow. put me. They're putting <laughs> Aria in prison for eighteen months. I wasn't even referencing just you because this is this is this is happens all the time. Sure, it's just they just happen to use that against you guys. But they're going after us with prison time. Yeah, for that which. We couldn't stop. We did the best we could. We stopped some of it, but we couldn't stop at all. A few got a few. Uh, yeah, a few. Some got uh, through. But 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 the banks didn't either. No, the banks didn't stop yeah. a single. The banks one of them. didn't even try. We stopped more than the banks did. Yeah, the banks didn't call. You know these individuals to right. see if this might be a scam. You but did. They're not just. They're not telling us. Oh, just give us you know a million dollars and we'll pay. A, we'll pay some of it to these elderly people and then case closed. That's what they do for the crypto exchanges. They just they paid seven point six million dollars and it's like okay, problem solved. But if for us, they got to get the blood. They got to mm-hmm. have some. You got to put a human body in because a prison a, cell. One's a political attack and one is you know not. You know, yeah. One of them's obviously just about getting paid. Yep. So that's what the latest is from the uh, continuing attacks against cryptocurrency companies, and they will uh, continue. I mean, it's they're. They're bullies. You know, they know. When a bully knows that he can shake you down for your lunch money on the the school playground, then he know, he's going to come back for more. Yep. They're going and they're going to keep doing it too. That's um, what I'm saying. Yeah, it's it's this isn't this isn't just going to stop tomorrow. They're going to keep going. They're going to keep going until they've eliminated most of the cryptocurrency exchanges from the United States. Whether it be through these punitive uh, sanctions that they're putting on companies for violating their stupid rules, or whether it be from straight up lawsuits like we're seeing with the SEC going after these companies to bankrupt them, they're gonna put them. They're gonna put them under, just like they're gonna put under a lot of these banks. We're gonna likely see more bank failures in the coming weeks and and months, and we're gonna see the banking industry do what it's been doing for the last hundred years and consolidating into fewer and fewer options, where the bigger banks are the ones that are most likely to uh, continue on and absorb up these these little banks. You're gonna see the same thing happen probably in the cryptocurrency industry, where smaller crypto exchanges that can't fight. The federal government are just going to close up shop entirely, or they're going to move offshore. Oh, we've already s- seen that some have. Right. I mean, 
That's going to yeah, continue. Local Bitcoin. I don't know if you call that exchange, but um, local it's a peer to peer exchange. Is, is uh, right. Yeah. They closed entirely. They shut down. Right. They're gone. Yeah. Uh, their big competitor, Paxful, is closed ish. They said they might come back, but might not. Uh, so they're gone. So the peer to peer ones, the big two, have shut down. And then uh, these other ones are, some of them are closing entirely in the United States. Some of them are withdrawing from the U.S., they're going international. And you're going to see some of them get bought out. Like they talked about Poloniex was purchased by Circle. And so, you know, Coinbase may end up snatching up some of the, the smaller ones or something like that. And you're, you'll see by the end of the next few years, if the government gets its way, we'll be lucky if there are four cryptocurrency exchanges operating in the United States. I wish that weren't true, but it is. Like, I mean, that's likely the way things are going to go. The government it's just gonna be too hard to comply. The government says it's against monopolies, but then they sort of force, you know, they they focus it out. They they try to crush the competition until right. there's only a couple companies left. The good news is there are decentralized alternatives that are being developed, and the the more the crackdown comes against these centralized exchanges, the more the decentralized exchanges will become viable, and the more people are going to become interested in them. We're already seeing decentralized exchanges like ThorChain being uh, integrated into different wallets. I saw Edge Wallet announce a few months ago that they'd integrated ThorChain into their into their wallet. So it's one of the exchange options. When you want to switch between one currency and another in your Edge Wallet, you can choose to use a decentralized exchange instead of a centralized. They give you choices. You get you know different options for what, what you want to use. And some people are still going to use the centralized ones because the fees might be lower. But eventually, as the decentralized exchanges get more liquidity and more people using them, as their liquidity increases, the fees will, will drop. The slippage, as they call it, will drop. So that's the good side. That's the like the bright side of them going after the centralized exchanges yeah. is it will empower the decentralized exchanges and there's Definitely. nothing they can do to stop a true decentralized exchange or stop certain people in parts of the world from using it. We'll see you tomorrow night online at freetalklive.com. If you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate, well, I know a guy who's really great. It's the Realtor Mark Warden. Now you can learn more about the awesome things happening here in New Hampshire in our march toward liberty in our lifetime. Our friends at Porcupine Real Estate are hosting a series of webinars to educate you on the expanded freedoms enjoyed by New Hampshire citizens. Reserve your seat today at move.freetalklive.com. Topics include gun freedom, medical freedom, and political freedom victories. They also have a couple on best practices for moving to the free state and finding housing. These webinars are super helpful and free to attend once you've registered at move.freetalklive.com. Visit their YouTube channel, Porcupine Real Estate, for videos from past presentations and sign up for upcoming webinars for free at move.freetalklive.com. PorcupineRealEstate.com